Today's show brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right. Click the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. Check them out. Use promo code T20Cordimus. That's right. Redcon1.com. There's nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I am Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard around the world. I'm Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry. I'm John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boy, Davy Crockett. Coming to you from the DTOM studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon, this is Don't Tread on America. Your host, Bill. Oh, Don Q. <laughs> How's everyone doing out there today? I got a special guest in the studio. Say hello, special guest. How's it going, everyone? All right, Christopher J. McGillicuddy's in the studio. So, you know what that means. <laughs> you know what that means. It means they quit downloading. It. They, oh. they, I needed some downloads. <laughs> right. That's, that's what it was. Yeah. I could use an extra 20. No. <laughs> but seriously, that means it's a DTOM Files Day. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you're welcome. Right. We're going to go down a different path on this one, and we're going to talk about a conspiracy that I can I can comfortably say not many people are talking about. Right. And the reason I say this is, and you know as well as I do, Excuse me. In searching for stuff that we're going to talk about, <laughs> crickets. Mm. Not many podcasts. Not a whole lot of information. I mean, there's some. So essentially, what you have to do, uh, and I would say the the mark of a true uh, genius, such as myself. No, um, genius conspiracy show is coming up with your own conclusions. Right. So we're going to go over the facts of the case, and uh, we're going to make some bullshit up and prove to you that James O'Reilly might not be guilty. Right. Or at least not 100% guilty. No. He did it. He did it. Oh, he, he did it. He did. All right, That's guys. It. Thanks for joining us. Um, thanks for downloading, and uh, we'll talk to you uh, next time. No. <laughs> but, so if you couldn't tell by who he's talking about, we're going to talk about the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. Right. And uh, conspiracy, um, we've done, what have we done, eight? Well, yeah, eight DTOM files? I think so. Okay. Well, I know we've done two that kind of like bookended this particular one. Uh, right. With, with JFK and with RFK. JFK and RFK. So this happened like right in the middle of that, actually right before Bobby Kennedy. And, and probably a lot of the same characters were involved. 
Maybe. And by that, I just mean the government. No. <laughs> but essentially, this is what we do with these conspiracy shows is, obviously, the obvious conspiracy theory shows are JFK, moon landing. 9-11. 9-11, which we haven't done yet. Son of a bitch. <laughs> um, but, right? I mean, yeah. we did uh, Denver Airport, which really, I mean, it is a conspiracy theory, but... It's not one of those popular conspiracy theories. Right. Uh, well, uh, MK Ultra is MK probably Ultra. a good conspiracy mm-hmm. show. Um, moon landing, obviously. JFK. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but with it being a um, a DTOM file, you know what that means. You know what that means. It means we're we're drinking, and we have to put this out there for the wives so not gonna get liquored up tonight I'm not gonna have a drink tonight I'm not gonna drink till update is through that's a promise to you you are yes after the show I'll drink till I spew but for now I'm headed for you okay if you guys don't know who that is the greatest thespian of all time Christopher, what? You're saying that? Chris Farley? Yeah. The greatest thespian of all time? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, considering your personal hero had him murdered. Kevin James had nothing to do. I'm talking what? about the mastermind behind the plot. David. Never mind. We're, we'll get into this on a different... This will be another that, D-Tom's file. That'll be a... <laughs> I think what we need to do is a D-Tom file, but a... a like a funny, haha! Is it a conspiracy? Anyway, I, I, so it's Christ- not a conspiracy. That's how it happens. <laughs> so, <laughs> there you go. Just Adam Sandler had Chris Farley killed. You heard it here first, folks. Damn right. <laughs> what did I do? I didn't do it. Adam Sandler's here, folks. <laughs> anyway, um, what was I saying? Oh, drinking. You were tell so what we're drinking today. So we're drinking in honor of it being the day before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's Eve. Think, yeah, Thanksgiving Day Eve. So Chris and I were talking. I was uh, over at his house the other day, and we were thinking we got to have a drink for Thanksgiving Day, right? So you think Thanksgiving, right? What do we think? Turkey stuffing, cranberry sauce, right? Mm-hmm. Mashed potatoes. All of a sudden, I'm hungry. <laughs> anyway, so. Our, our go-to drink on just about any day is an old-fashioned. And if you guys follow us on the Ticker Talker at Don't Tread on America on TikTok, um, you'll see that I do a lot of old-fashioned type drinks. You know, there might be different variations or whatever. So what did we do today? We did a cranberry old-fashioned. Oh, mama. Mm-hmm. So here's the ingredients. No. 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 If you want to find out how to make it, you need to go to the Ticker Talker. <laughs> I will say this. I'll give him one ingredient. Okay. Wild turkey. Well, because? Because it's turkey. Hello, Thanksgiving. All right. So. I just want to say this about that. Um, pro- other than rare breed, right? probably will not be drinking any more wild turkey. Oh, I'm going to drink that bottle. <laughs> Today, we're drinking it. Before you go home, it's got to be gone. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, honey. <laughs> no. But yeah, it's pretty it's pretty strong. Probably should have just done the rare breed yeah. and been done with it. Even though that's one twenty proof, right? <laughs> this is we used one oh one. 
Probably should have just got regular wild Water. turkey. Uh, no way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's still good. Yeah. It's still good. I ain't, I'm not going to throw it away. No. At any rate, so uh, if you want to find out how to make that, go to TikTok. Follow Don't Tread on America. You'll see my ugly face, and you'll see Chris Chris's hand. I won't tell you what he's doing with it. You'll have to tune in to see. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, let's finish one more piece of business, then we'll get into the show. Let's not forget about our other sponsor to the show, Christian Lawson Watches. You can see I have it on here today. Hmm. Beautiful, right? That's that's lovely. It's nice. Yeah. Check when, the, when, when's my coming in the mail? So <laughs> check them out at christianlawson.com. Use promo code DTOM at checkout to get 30% off. Your, well, you got to watch. You're fine. Off your purchase price. Is it not working? No. It's okay. <laughs> it's right, uh, you know, at least twice a day. Right. And you're asleep once of the, <laughs> one of those times. Well, sometimes. <laughs> Check them out. ChristianLawson.com. All right. Christopher J. We are going to talk about MLK. All right. And this story, you're going to tell us what we have been told is the truth. Right. Okay, so we're going to start on April 3rd. King addressed a rally and delivered his I've Been to the Mountaintop address at Mason Temple, the world headquarters of the Church of God in Christ. (laughs) Not what I was expecting. (laughs) I'm playing the thing, right? (laughs) That's fine. So this is the uh, this is the speech that he's talking about. To America is be true to what you said on paper. <laughs> if I lived in China or even Russia or any totalitarian country, maybe I could understand some of these illegal injunctions. Maybe I could understand the denial of certain basic First Amendment privileges because they haven't committed themselves to that over there. But somewhere I read of the freedom of assembly. Somewhere I read of the freedom of speech. Somewhere I read of the freedom of press. Somewhere I read that the greatness of America is the right to protest far right. So just as I say we aren't going to let any dogs or water hoses turn us around, we aren't going to let any injunction turn us around. Well, I don't know what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead. But it really doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop. to live a long life longevity has its place but I'm not concerned about that now I just want to do God's will and he's allowed me to go up to the mountain and I've looked over and I've seen 
the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. My eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. King was booked into room 306 at the Lorraine Motel in Memphis. Ralph Abernathy, who was present at the assassination, testifies to the United States House Select Committee on Assassinations that King and his entourage stayed in room 306 so often that it was known as the King Abernathy Suite. According to Jesse Jackson, who was present, King's last words on the balcony before his assassination were spoken to musician Ben Branch, who was scheduled to perform that night at an event King was attending. Ben, make sure you play Take My Hand, Precious Lord, in the meeting tonight. Play it real pretty. King was fatally shot by James Earl Ray at 6.01 p.m. Thursday, April 4, 1968, as he stood on the motel's second floor balcony. The bullet entered through his right cheek, smashing his jaw, and then traveled down his spinal cord before lodging in his shoulder. Abernathy heard the shot from inside the motel room and ran to the balcony to find King on the floor. Jackson stated after the shooting that he cradled King's head as King lay on the balcony, but his account was disputed by other colleagues of King. Jackson later changed his statement to say that he had reached out for King. After emergency chest surgery, King died at St. Joseph's Hospital at 7.05 p.m. According to biographer, Taylor Branch, King's autopsy revealed that, though only 39 years old, he had the heart of a 60-year-old, which Branch attributed to the stress of 13 years of civil rights movement. King was initially interred in Southview Cemetery in South Atlanta, but in 1977 his remains were transferred to a tomb on the site of the Martin Luther King Jr. National Historical Park. All right. So... Essentially, we're here to call bullshit. Oh, what? What? You're saying it didn't happen that way? I just read <laughs> it. I just told you what happened. Right. And where'd you get your sources from? Wikipedia? Right. Oh. Okay, so here's the interesting things. Okay, and we have this conversation, and we try not to talk a whole lot when we're going to do a show because we have a tendency to be like, oh, Okay, so what was the song again? The song was... Take My Hand. Oh, Take My Hand, Precious Lord. Okay. And play it real nice. And play it real pretty. Real pretty. And then you listen to the speech. I can't worry about that now. I'd fear no man. Mm-hmm. Right? Um... It's almost like, and I and I think I talked about this on a podcast I did. I think I did a show called "United We Stand, Divided We We Die," and I played this speech and I talked about it and said that it's almost like he knew that he was going to die. Did he know he was going to die the next day? Because that was his last speech. The very next day, he died. He was shot. So you were going to say talk about the Bible verse 
and you're not going to now. He lost it. Well, I accidentally touched the dead gum screen. So, all right, you you got it. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. All right. So Deuteronomy thirty-two. 49:52 through 52 Go up to this mountain of Abram Mount Nebo which is in the land of Moab across from Jericho view of the land of Canaan which I give upon I give to the children of Israel as a possession and die upon and die on the mountain which you ascend and be gathered to your people just as Aaron, your brother, died on Mount Hor, or Hor, Hor, H-O-R, and gathered to his people, because you trespassed against me and the children of Israel at the waters of Meribah Kadesh in the wilderness of Zin, because you did not hallow me in the midst of the children of Israel, yet you shall see the land before you, though you shall not go there into the land which I am giving to the children of Israel. Hmm. Yeah, Jacob, right? Hmm. Jacob is Israel. 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 <laughs> so you can see how that speech was very much based off of right. this, this verse. Um, so Israel, right? <laughs> Show for another day. <laughs> but, but I mean, to the point where, you right. know, God took Moses to the top of the mountain showed him the promised land right but you're not going to go because you did not do you did not obey me you did not follow my commands so right. therefore my people your you know your people are going to be able to go the children of Israel are going to be able to go to this promised land right but you're not going to because you didn't follow what I told you to do right you were not the way that I told you to be I feel like you're talking right to me I'm talking right to you <laughs> so but in leading up to that, he does this speech, mm-hmm. talks about going to the promised land. He fears no man, no man what they can do to me. Mm-hmm. Then the next day, he says to the guy, play the song, make it real pretty. It's like, it's like he knew something was going to happen. Right. And, and let's not act like... That he had not received several death threats. Death threats. Right. Right. I mean, this, you know, even his flight to Memphis was delayed due to a bomb threat. Right. On his plane. So, you know, as as King went on, let's not act like he had not gathered enemy. You know what I'm saying? Like, there were a lot of people that did not like King. Yeah, he was... He He was, was not... Popular amongst a certain group. Well, let's let's flash back to this time. I mean, during this time, this the whole point of what was going on was he was there for a um, sanitation workers. Um, they were Union. striking, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the situation was there was two guys, two workers mm-hmm. that had fallen asleep in their truck or in the back of their truck because it was cold or something. I think it was raining, and I think they got into the back of the truck to... To shelter themselves. From the rain. And then the truck caught on fire. Malfunctioned. Right. And and, and, and and crushed them. Gave them the squashy. Yeah. So 
you're talking Tennessee in the 60s, hmm. the South, or, you know, Tennessee, whatever, <laughs> in the South in the 60s. Right. They didn't take kind, for the most part, to these people. Right. Well, I, and, and I think it was a it was a very much a situation that, that they had going on with the sanitation department where you were seeing that, I, I believe it was stated that, um, you know, if there was rain or storms and they couldn't go out or whatever, the, the, the um, white, well, the, 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 the black people that worked there, they were told you got to go home. You got to no get off the clock, but no pay. Right. But the, the white people that worked there were able to stay on the clock. And I think they went in and played cards and right. took a nap and did all these things. Um, so it was very much an unfair working situation. Right. But like I said, look at the, the time. time. Right. And um, so I think he was there to speak on their behalf. Right. But that's the thing. I think the thing with Martin Luther King, same as Malcolm X, in these times, I'm trying to say this without trying to sound racist, but it is what it is. Uh, yeah. They... It was bad enough if you had someone like, I mean, granted, this was before, well, before John Lennon's time, but it was before John Lennon became an activist. Right. But it's bad enough when you have someone like that saying the things that John Lennon said that more than likely got him killed. Mm -hmm. Another show for another day. It's worse when you have a person of color saying these things mm -hmm. and getting, quote unquote, those people riled up. Well, yeah, and but it wasn't even so much that it was it was the it was what he was saying, what he was doing, and the support that he was garnering. Like he was starting, you know, for for better terms, a movement. Right. So there were some people that didn't like that. Right. And a lot of those people were in charge, mm. whether they were city officials, state officials or U.S. government officials, who was the president at that time. That was Lyndon B. Johnson. Who just got Kennedy killed. Oh, I mean. <laughs> well, but that's, that's kind of the funny thing, because I think Johnson, and I, I believe you brought this up before, but Johnson was heavily involved, like, in the civil rights movement. Like, he, whether he, whether he wanted the betterment of the movement or not. right. He played it up regardless. Yeah, he, he was behind the movement to benefit himself. Well, there you go. But nevertheless, behind the movement. Right. Whereas I think that... I don't, I'm not sure that everybody in his administration or uh, in the government necessarily was on the same page with Johnson on that. Right. So. Well, so... I guess let's get into the nuts and bolts of the conversation. Hmm. Who killed Kennedy? <laughs> who killed Who killed King? It was Lee Harvey Oswald from the book depository in book, Dallas. Book suppository? Suppos oh. <laughs> well. All right. Who killed King? Well, according to the official narrative, it was James Earl Ray. Right. So I, I guess if you want to do this maybe we should talk a little bit about things leading up to this okay okay so um 
So in sixty-two, in April of sixty-two, um, J. Edgar Hoover, the head of the FBI at the time, was very much against King. Like, and, and from what I understand, Hoover was was a pretty big uh, racist. Racist, right? Um, but he asked that King's name be added to Section A of the Reverse. Reserve Index. Have you ever heard of the Reserve Index? No. Okay. I thought you'd like this. So, the Reserve Index, the security index pertained to the FBI's list of dangerous people who might commit acts inimical to the national defense and public safety of the United States in a time of emergency. The list also included those who could be arrested upon the order of a U.S. president invoking the emergency detention program. The Reserve Index, on the other hand, listed all left-wingers and people suspected of being a communist. By 1950, for instance, there were 5,000 names on the Security Index, while the Reserve Index had over 50,000 in the Chicago field office. A person listed in the Reserve Index could be transferred to the security index, if such individual posed a threat to the United States' interest in a period of national emergency. A difference between those involved their color scheme. The files for those of the security index were those in all white, while the reserve index varied in colors depending on the occupation of the subject. Prominent figures listed in the reserve index include Martin Luther King. The FBI had been monitoring his activities with the Southern Christian Leaders Leadership Conference since 1957, and by 1962, he was finally listed in the FBI's index due to his involvement of two of his advisors, uh, two of his advisors in the U.S. Communist Party. Although he failed to meet the criteria for inclusion into the Security Index, the Security Index itself was merged with the Agitator Index and the Communist Index. Renamed the Reserve Index in 1960, this index included a Section A for teachers, doctors, lawyers, entertainers, and other people considered influential and not politically conservative. Hoover had Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. added to the Reserve Index Section A in retaliation for his civil rights work and worldwide popularity. Renamed again, to the administration, uh, Administrative Index in 1971 and allegedly discontinued during 1978. The records are still kept as inactive at FBI headquarters and 29 field offices. Now, would you like to guess who one of those entertainers was? John Lennon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, <clears throat> it's a situation where when you have people... So, back in these days... It's interesting how time transcends. So, 60 years ago, your entertainers or preachers or whatever the case may be, speakers, would still been considered liberal, like he said, non-conservative. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, it's almost like it it's flipped. I think liberal, like the, the term liberal, like when you think, when you say liberal, you think Democrat, mm -hmm. but nowadays I don't think a liberal is a Democrat. 
you know, Democrats now are, are whacked. I'm sorry. I think a liberal is more your libertarian group bordering on conservatism. You know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. saying in the definition of the word. I'm talking about John Lennon, for example. Okay. Martin Luther King. Okay. Malcolm X. They, I mean, even Malcolm X didn't consider himself a liberal. No. He hated liberals. Well, and, and that's the Especially white liberals. Right. And that's the interesting thing about somebody like, say, King or Malcolm X or even JFK, for that matter. I don't think you could paint them into the party that they were in because the ideals that they held are not necessarily that of what we know the parties to be today. Right. Especially today, yeah. Right. So, and that goes on both. And it seemed like they were very much outside the box. So if you ever wanted to say that there was somebody that broke the the two-party system, it would be people like JFK. It would be people like uh, MLK. It would be people like maybe even his brother, right? Uh, you know, Robert. Um, people that... Transcended both sides. Right. They, you know... They were the closest thing we had to a true neutral party right yeah because it's like kennedy not a lot of people hated kennedy it wasn't just you know the war machine right but anyway um point being is back in these days your your non-political whatever whatever it was was a threat nowadays the non-political threat is people like us mm -hmm. people with podcasts whether they have a thousand followers, ten followers, or a million followers, um, we podcasts like this one, especially with a name like this in our in our logo, mm -hmm. we're. I mean, I'm not trying to say we're the best podcast in the world. I mean, we're probably second, but nonetheless, now <laughs> guarantee you, we're on a list. Just Somewhere. based on the name and the logo. Mm -hmm. Forget about what we say or do. I mean, that doesn't help. But <laughs> point being is, back then it was the MLKs, the uh, John Lennons, the those type of people that rallied the support of the youths. Right. The youths. But the, what? What's a youth? <laughs> I'm sorry. Youths. <laughs> Nowadays, hold on, real. I want to get no, this out. What I'm fine. thinking about. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, the government leans on the entertainment sector to, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking influence. for? Influence. Mm -hmm. Um, our youth, right, via TikTok or Facebook or Snapchat so, or whatever. So, do you think they learned something from this? They yeah. saw these charismatic leaders. They saw what someone like John Lennon was able to do and said, we need to do the same thing, but we need but to, we need to flip it. Well, we need to use it to our advantage. Right. We need to get our message out. And that's something that the Republicans or the conservatives or whatever you want to call the other side has never embraced, been able to learn right. and embrace. Yeah. Because you should have people like Rand Paul and Ted Cruz and whoever, instead of it being about, me instead of Trump being about me or DeSantis or whoever, they should they should um, inspire or support s smaller podcasts. I mean, I know they go on like Bongino and they talk to you know whoever different bigger name podcasts. I get it, but realistically, 
a lot of those shows, if you guys listen to any other podcast, you know this, they're still limited on mm-hmm. what they say. Even though you can pretty much say whatever you want on a podcast, you know, it's not like uh, you're going to get fined by the FCC or whatever. Right. Not yet, anyway. Well, I think what it's doing, it, it's limiting their message. Well, it's limiting their view and it's limiting, you know, whatever they're trying to but say. But here's the thing with that. If it, you look, look, just if look. you go on if you when you post a podcast, mm-hmm. as long as you have a good title, you'll get the downloads. You'll get the downloads, but you might only reach one side of the of the audience. My thing is 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 look at what a uh, let's take AOC right for example. Look at her popularity and right. what you know. We just talked about this morning. She just ran and no one talked about it. Yeah. Did you know she was running? No, I mean, yeah, but 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 what I'm saying is is most people that don't Right. Follow, no one even no one even batted because, an eye over that. No, race. because she wasn't campaigning as far as you could tell. I mean, you, right. I didn't get ads for AOC. I didn't get, you know, I mean, not that I could have voted in that district. What what well, couldn't you? No. <laughs> <laughs> but you you know what I'm saying? No, that's what I'm like, saying. I saw ads for people in other states. Right. But my point being her popularity because what? She's a big hit with what age group? With the millennials. Okay. I mean, she probably, maybe if we were on Snapchat and stuff like that, and probably even on TikTok, even though we're on TikTok at Don't Tread on America, um, <laughs> our algorithm would not enable us to see right. that. So that's what I'm, you almost need to kind of do what she's doing. Right. Because that's, her popularity is based on that mm-hmm. to pandering and catering and, and to, whatever to the to a, 18 to exactly. 20, 30 year old exactly. crowd. Exactly. Which is an age group. If you looked at the latest polling, you know, most of the voting that happened in these last midterms, if you look at that age group, you know, um, the Republican party lost big time in that age group. Right. Cause they don't embrace that. They focus on the old folks. They focus on the folks that they've already got. Right. Instead of going out and yeah. trying to recruit the new. That's true. So James O'Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so we the story that we were told. Well, a little bit more into the history of it. Real quick. Okay, go ahead. So Hoover got him put on this, this list, right? right? And and because of this, and the main reason why he's saying he kept trying to sell the idea that that um, there were these two communist uh, communist party members or whatever communist card carrying members right. that had infiltrated King's inner circle. Okay. Okay. So much so that he convinced Bobby Kennedy to uh, <laughs> to run to to authorize wiretaps um, on on the King on the. Uh, his offices, the uh, what was it, the uh, Southern Christian? God, I'm, I'm sorry, Southern Christian Leadership Conference. Idiot. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, anyways, um, he got he got Bobby Kennedy to authorize these wiretaps on on those offices, um, in the guys that he was, you know, he was a communist that he was plotting these communist ideas or whatever, right? right. So Bobby Kennedy reluctantly agreed at the time because he's the attorney general. Right. And so I think he authorized it for one month. Okay. You know, give me what you can. Let's see where this goes. You've got one month. You got one month. Bring me what you got. Right. And we'll, we'll go from there. Well, guess what happened in that time? 
What? Guess what happened in that one month? Bobby was killed. No. Martin no, was Bobby killed. was killed after Martin. Oh, okay. This All is right. 1962. 1963. Oh, his brother was 1963. killed. 1963. His brother was killed. His brother was killed. Right. All right. So who took power? Oh, <laughs> the loud music. <laughs> Lyndon uh, Johnson. LBJ. Yeah, took LBJ. power. LBJ. Yeah. So oh. in the, the confusion of new president, whatever, new administration, blah, blah, blah. Got lost. Got kind of lost. So the date came and gone. Hoover kept the wiretaps on the offices, on... Um, Dr. So, King's right. home phone. Like, these were personal taps, too. So, they so were... So, what did he find out there? No communism, oddly enough. Right. But, but, you know, he did gather... Um, I believe there was a conference... Let's see. In 1963, Hoover set up a special task force to watch MLK under the guise that two members of King's advisors were communist plants. Hoover convinced RFK to set up phone taps on MLK's phones. RFK, RFK agreed to a trial period of one month. After JFK's assassination, Johnson became president, and Hoover quietly kept the wiretaps in place. The surveillance on King was named Operation Zorro, if you've ever heard that. They've actually used that name again now for drug running believe it or not, Operation Zorro 2. <laughs> An assistant director, William Sullivan, was put in charge. This included microphones in the hotel rooms and paid prostitutes as his secretaries. All right. <laughs> now it's a party. <laughs> no evidence of communist dealings were ever found, so they switched to his personal life. King visited President Johnson in Washington, staying at the Willard Hotel. The FBI intercepted the call and set up phone bugs and hidden microphones in the room prior to King's arrival. 17 hours of recordings captured the conversations of King and his colleagues, including two women. After it was done, Hoover and Sullivan reviewed the tapes and claimed they had enough evidence to destroy King, you know, a la character assassination. Right. So supposedly there was some sexually explicit activities with these two women in King's hotel room while he was in Washington at this Willard Hotel. And um, Hoover really thought he... Had him. Yeah, we've got enough on him now. Right. We're going to destroy him. So kind of what happened from there, I I think they continued to surveil King. They continued to record these things. And I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he claimed that there were two other encounters with women... And uh, so they started to really kind of turn up the heat on King. They, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they actually sent a letter to King with a copy of the tape and told him. We got you. We got you. Well, I mean, essentially, yeah, we got you. The only thing you got left to do, or we're going to expose you. The only thing you got left to do is kill yourself. And if you don't do it, and what was it? It was... 34 days, 43 days, it was something like that. You've got this amount of days to do it, or we're going to expose you for the fraud you are, for the for the liar. And and it, if you remember, Hoover was publicly going out calling King the most um, diabolical liar or, or whatever it was that he said. Right. So when what was the time frame of this? So you're looking probably right around, by the time all this 
I mean, they they went after King for a little bit, but you're looking at probably around sixty six, sixty seven. So 60, a, a, leading a, up a year to, or two prior to the event, right? So what year did King win the Nobel Prize? Sixty five. Okay, so that's when it really kind of kicked up. Once he started making a name for himself, right? And once he gave the "I Have a Dream" speech, which was actually early on, I believe. I believe the I'd have a dream speech, and then he won the Nobel Peace Prize. Correct. Uh, let's see. Who am I looking at? Oh. Uh, Martin Luther King. Uh, Sixty-four is when he won the Nobel Peace Prize. Okay. When was the I have a dream speech? Was that in sixty-three? Um. Sure. I don't know. It doesn't. I can't quickly find it. <laughs> he was killed by James Earl Ray, though. Uh, hey, hey. I found that. Yeah, it was probably. I would assume it was before on, then. Uh, August twenty eighth, nineteen sixty three. So August. So actually, the "I Have a Dream" speech happened before JFK was killed. So he was already gaining steam because that speech is probably one of the most iconic speeches, right? That he's remembered for, right? So he was already a threat. That's when he went and tried to convince Bobby Kennedy that hey, we need to. This and, guy's got communists, and he made waves. With the speech to be able to win the Nobel Peace Prize, it's not like that's an American thing. No, no, no. Yeah, and through his actions and everything, you know, he right. was able to. Well, there were rumblings. Now there were rumblings that there was a push behind King for him to run for president. Right? Could you imagine? Yeah, especially especially in those days. Right. You know. Could you imagine? Yeah. Okay, so. I guess we'll end it there. No. Um, <laughs> okay, so where do you want to go with this? Who was James Earl Ray? Because I, I always find it interesting. Like when we did JFK and mm -hmm. when we did RFK, mm -hmm. who were these people? Right? Because okay. I got a couple of different ideas based on past shows that we have done. Okay. He's just a guy. <laughs> he is. He's just a James guy. Earl Ray. Born into poverty in 1928. He was born a year after I was. Two years after I was. Okay, you got me. Interesting. Yes, I'm almost where, 100. Where were you in Memphis? So anyway, um, outside of St. Louis, Missouri, he served in West Germany after World War II before he was dishonorably discharged. And, and that wasn't something to be taken lightly, right? Right, no. So I want to make those connections, okay? Okay. He traveled to Los Angeles where he robbed a cafe. This can, is just, what? Can I ask a question real quick? Yeah. Lee Harvey Oswald, he was in the military. Marines, right? right. Marines, right? Uh -huh. Was he uh, honorably Dis discharged? No, he was dishonorably discharged. Oh, interesting. I, I think under the same unbecoming... Of an officer. Of, well, he wasn't an officer, but of a soldier. Okay. Um, huh, interesting. Right. Uh, he was, I think, I think uh, Ray was in the Army. Uh, Oswald was in the Marines. I just look at the connection. I, I don't say that these two guys had anything to do with each other. Not saying that. <clears throat> but ideally, they were the same person. They were dysfunctional military, ex-military people. Can I ask one more question? Go ahead. Timothy Bay. Yes. Was he in the military? Marines. Was he honorably? No. Oh. Right. Hmm. Interesting. See the connection? 
Hmm, interesting. <laughs> Continue, please. Those are Deton files we did. Okay, continue, please. Um, so uh, he traveled to Los Angeles. Now, this is this is a guy who was born in, it says St. Louis. I thought he was born in Illinois. So I think St. Louis extends into Illinois, but whatever. I don't think that's how geography works. No, no, no. I think the city is in Missouri. It's on the border. I think it. I think there's like St. Louis. East, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's yeah, yeah. East St. Louis. It's in I, Illinois I on the other side of the river. All right. Okay, go Idiot. ahead. Idiot. Oh. <laughs> after so joins the army whatever he's in uh germany he gets discharged he travels to la mm-hmm. where he robbed a cafe was sentenced to 90 days in 95 after a series of small bungled now this is this is important 95 oh 55 <laughs> yeah it was just the other day <laughs> in 55 in a series of small bungled Crimes, small, bungled, bungled crimes. crimes. So we're looking at a petty, petty criminal, right? Robbing a taxi driver for, wait for it, a thousand dollars. Close, right? Eleven, mm. not thousand, just eleven. Mm. To robbing a post office. Give me all your mail. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> What about, some, like that? It's like, what about some stamps? Oh, okay. And all the junk mail you got. Where's the where's the catalogs? Because this is how I envision him looking. <laughs> this is why we have to videotape this. They can't see me going cross-eyed. Like, anyway, uh, he robbed the post office. Okay. Right? Uh, whatever. He was sentenced to forty-five months. Now. You can burn down a post office nowadays and you don't get in trouble at all. Actually, believe it or not, funny you mentioned that because do you remember the story of the guy that, that firebombed the cop sitting in the car? In New York? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. During the, the riots or whatever? Yeah, he was sentenced to 15 months for for basically... Attempted fire- murder on <laughs> police officers. Right, 15 months. Right. This, this guy got 45 months for robbing the post office. This dude got damn near four years for robbing a post office. <laughs> Like I said, you could go burn up, maybe not around here, but in L.A. or wherever this was, you could burn down a post office. They'd be like, oh, come on, James. Just don't do it. Again. Time served. Don't do it again. Yeah, don't do it no more. 45 months in a federal penitentiary in Leavenworth. Yeah, I was about to say, I, I knew he was at Leavenworth. It's not even like he went to the county jail. Right. Now, that's granted, hard, hard I'll, I'll, I'll say this time. about that: he robbed a federal building. I get it. I get the. I get the sentence. My point is, nowadays you do that shit, no bubble. I mean, what 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 was it in uh, Oregon? They were burning down fucking federal courthouses. Yeah, nothing happened to those motherfuckers, right? No. Anyway, I digress. Uh, he was paroled in '59, but in October of '59, Ray and James o- Owens. Another ex-convict robbed a Kroger store in St. Louis. That's it. <laughs> That's too. You know what? How long of his sentence did he get? One month. Twenty years to Missouri State Penitentiary. I tell you what, I'd be willing to bet the crimes back. I, without looking this up, and I don't want to go go off on a tangent. Just a thought I had in my <laughs> head here. That's a first. In the 50s and 60s, I bet you the crime per capita was way down compared to what it is nowadays. I'm talking, I'm talking about crime in general, not just murders or whatever, because they didn't play. 
I w- yeah, but at the same time, you also. Hmm. I think you were able to get away with more crime. So oh, I'm sure the 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 way to figure out and find people, whatever. Right. I get it. I'm just saying. But if you got caught, you got in trouble. Yeah. Twenty years for robbing a grocery store. Damn. Well, you still do. Shut just up. Depend- just as- just depending on uh, what your political leaning. Well, are. here you go. Okay. Ray okay. escaped from prison in a bakery delivery truck. Wait, 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 wait. So yeah. this is the dude that. Let's see. Robbed a he, taxi driver. Small bungled crimes. He robbed a taxi driver. Uh, robbed a post office. Right. He and got robbed, caught. He got caught in every one of these situations. And every one of these things. But here's the here's the interesting thing. This is a guy who got caught left and right mm-hmm. on stupid shit. Mm-hmm. Right. On April of '67. Okay. When mm-hmm. was King killed? I, April of '68. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Roughly a year prior later, to. or yeah, prior to, he escapes. This is an idiot-ass criminal, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mind of a numbskull. You know who I picture him to be? What? And I hate to say this, but he, he reminds me of like Ernest. Yeah. Did like, you ever watch the Ernest P. Yeah, World? Yeah. What was it? Uh, hopefully I'm Vern, not. Hey, Vern. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. I'm not dating myself too much, but that's who this guy kind of reminds well, me of. And that's what I'm saying. I, this is where I'm going with this. Ex-military dishonorable discharge was an idiot criminal. Mm-hmm. At best, an mm-hmm. idiot criminal. Mm-hmm. Managed to escape prison at a state penitentiary. Not that he broke out of the county jail. Okay. Was able to escape prison. This is a year prior to King's murder. In a bakery delivery truck. Then made it to... Uh, Canada, mm-hmm. right? Where he assumed the identity. You had it, uh, Eric Galt. Eric Galt, right? So he was he. Now, supposedly, according to Ray, he uh, became. I almost puked. He became <laughs> friends with a uh, gun runner, uh, whose name will come up later. Hmm. A Cuban, a blonde Cuban named Raúl. Hmm. Right. <clears throat> Who? Raul. Hold on. <coughs> Raul. Yeah. Oh, oh that guy. <coughs> yeah. You got to okay. say it right. Yeah. If I just say Raul, you'd be like, Raul. Oh. Who? Raul. Oh, I know who you're talking about now. So, Ra- back. yeah, Raul mm-hmm. directed him to purchase a rifle. You must purchase a rifle. I will purchase a rifle. There you go. So, the interesting thing is this. There was a point. Okay, so he bought this rifle. Mm-hmm. And by all accounts, the first rifle he bought was a two forty three. Okay. Um, Winchester two forty three. He was told this is according to the stories. He was told to take the rifle back, which I, maybe you could back in those days. I, I nowadays I'd be like it's yours. Because mm-hmm. um, he had the wrong rifle. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I meant to get the other one. I meant to get the thirty out six. Yeah. Right. The the, the Remington, Remington, mind you, which we'll get on. We'll touch on that here in a little while. This okay. is where we'll get wild with it. <laughs> this is where we'll get jiggy with it. That's we'll get a, we'll, we'll get, get, a get a refill. refill. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so now that's just a story that he got the quote unquote wrong gun. Mm-hmm. Now there's a theory floating around there how, and we'll get into this too, is how the gun was found. 
right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to speak on that a whole lot, but whatever. So there's a story that the gun was found about the same time that Martin Luther King was shot. Right. So you were able to shoot, wrap it up, store it in a bag, dip out of the building you were in, mm-hmm. make your way around the block. And conveniently drop it. And conveniently drop it. Right. Right. Whoops. At about, with with not much time in between. Mm. So the story is alleging that the gun that was going to be used mm-hmm. was a thirty out six. His dumb ass, because it's all it's pretty much safe to say that he was a dumbass. So so let me ask you if maybe just maybe I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna throw this scenario out there for you. We've already established this is not the brightest guy, right? I, and I and I mean that with all due respect. All due respect. And whatever you whatever it's however true. you grew up, right? Right. Regard. Yeah. Grew, okay. dirt, dirt poor from Missouri. Missouri, Illinois, wherever it was right. right. So I would say that probably his education level, 1950s, poor. Yeah, I mean, he probably graduated at least high school. He was in the military. Maybe. Okay. Guy comes to him. He meets this Raul, right? Right. Guy tells him, I want you to go to this store and buy a rifle. Right. And the dude's like, okay. I'm going to go in and buy a <laughs> rifle. Look, I'm looking for a rifle. And I guarantee you that that gun shop owner. Well, according how, according how to according to the gun shop owner, okay, he stated that Ray didn't know shit about guns. Hmm. Shocking, and he was in the military, right? Okay, he didn't know shit about guns. Mm-hmm. Asked Ray, "What are what do you need what the gun for? Hunting, hunting, is what he says. Mm-hmm. This is the gun you need. It's perfect for a novice. It's not going to have a lot of recoil. Yada yada yada. Okay, I'll get the gun. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah." He takes it and goes. Because if any of y'all out there have shot a gun in your life, a two forty three compared to a thirty to a thirty caliber, you're talking a two forty three is just a notch above a twenty two, right? Right. It's essentially like shooting an AR. It's a, it's a squirrel gun. Yeah, it's a, essentially like shooting an AR. <laughs> squirrel gun. If you've gun. ever shot an AR with a two two three, it's not much bigger of a round. Right. And AR, I'm not saying they don't have any kick, but it's not that bad. Right. Not compared to other guns. Right. Not compared to a 30 caliber, I don't know if it was lever action or what, but it was probably bolt action, I would assume. But bolt nonetheless, mm-hmm. it's still... Right. But he was probably talked into buying that particular rifle because it was a, of what he needed. Because he was a novice and right. so on and so forth. And so the guy was like, he told me to get a gun. He told me to get a rifle. A hunting, we're hunting. A hunting rifle. I'm going to get a hunt. This dude's telling me this is a hunting rifle. Cool. Right. I'll he buy takes it. This it, is it. Now, supposedly, he takes it to Raul. And Raul's like, Raul's like, you motherfucker, that's the wrong gun. <laughs> you need to go get the 30 out six. Yeah. Okay. Hey. <laughs> Mama said, <laughs> more like Forrest Gump. That's probably, except for Forrest Gump was actually a decent shot. Well, maybe he was too. I don't know. But, uh, you know, he goes back, uh, <laughs> Lieutenant Dan said I got the wrong gun. <laughs> I need something stronger. I need something stronger to kill that neck. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I mean, dear. <laughs> but mm, I didn't say it. I, I, I was I was transitioning into the redneck. You that, were you were doing a really good uh, job. It was pretty I good, right? Pretty I was sounded like you a little bit there. Oh. Damn it! I need a different sure. gun. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the wrong gun. Now, I will say this about that. Mm-hmm. With a 243, if 
you're a good shot. You could do some damage. You'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, so why was it the wrong gun? Because they already had the gun. They already had maybe the sniper that, you know, Bob Johnson, the sniper, was going to use a thirty out 6 Not that that's even the best sniper r- rifle, but mm. it's going to get the job. It, here's the thing about a thirty out 6 If it hits you in the vicinity of what you want to hit, mm-hmm. it's going to do some damage. Right? Now, what did where did it hit uh, King? It it passed through his cheek. Right. Shattered his jaw. Right. Went down his spinal cord. And lodged into his shoulder. Right. Now, a two forty three probably would have stopped at the cheek. Or maybe the jaw. Yeah. The yeah. was, I mean, the jaw. Yeah. So, it's interesting. I, I just find that interesting. But anyway, so, you know, he obtains Canadian passports. He's purchased plane tickets from Toronto to London and that's where he was appre- this is after mm-hmm. this, this was after the fact damn near a year wasn't it that he was apprehended um yeah i think so yeah in london london england on his way to rhodesia oh, wherever that is in south africa okay so with that being said mm-hmm. do you have anything to add about james earl ray hmm no. Mm, no. I mean, I nothing he, of yeah, consequence. No, no, I mean, no, we'll no, talk yeah. about it. It's not like we're done talking about him. Yeah. No, no, no. I think, well, reason, I think reason, covered, <laughs> the reason I'm asking is because, yeah. Refill. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, we're just getting started, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> One hour later. Because we haven't really broke any news. This is Pretty the facts of the case. We've we've danced around some conspiracy with the rifle and with Raul and mm-hmm. whatever, but Over. we'll get mm-hmm. we'll get into that when we come back. Okay. All right. All right. Fair to say. Cool. All right. And we're back. We got a refill hmm. or a new fill. New fill. What are we drinking now? We're doing the classic old fashioned cinnamon. Old-fashioned. Oh, Classic yeah. old-fashioned. Cinnamon old-fashioned. Cinnamon old-fashioned yeah. with a new twist. Mm. There you go. If you want to know how to make the cinnamon old-fashioned, go to our TikTok. <laughs> Don't trend on America because I did do a video. For the cinnamon old-fashioned. For fashion. the cinnamon, yeah. It is so good. I- I'm telling you right now, if you haven't gone out and tried some scandalous cinnamon oh, whiskey, oh my. You, need to, you need to look that yeah. up. And, and, and I'll say this about that. If you watch the TikTok video and you say, ooh, cinnamon old-fashioned, I got some fireball. Don't. Don't. Don't do it. I'm telling you, don't do it. Go to clearwaterdistillery.com. Soon to be a sponsor. Oh. <laughs> shh, shh. Not yet. Don't make the Maker Mark people mad. They're, they're, they're proofing our barrel now. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, it was a joke. Theater of the mind. <laughs> Anyway, this this portion brought to you by no. Um, check them out. Uh, they're not a sponsorship, but I'm telling you, it's good stuff. So good, and it's not terribly expensive. Right now, they have free shipping over fifty bucks. So buy two bottles, and you'll get free shipping because <laughs> it'll be way over fifty bucks. <laughs> Give me a minute. <laughs> He's crying right now. It's so good. Oh God, <laughs> God so good. 
It's so good. All well, right. I, 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 I'm just going to tell them. Right. Rather than if you've ever had Fireball or if, you, if you've ever had cinnamon whiskey, most of it's like a red hot. Very cinnamony. Right. This is more like a Cinnabon mm. cinnamon. It is so good. It's so smooth. S- smooth. It is so mild. But it's just I mean, it's, you, you, it's not like you can't taste the cinnamon. No. no, you can taste the cinnamon, but it's so, so good. So good. Anyways, go out and try it. I'm telling you. I got I, I to gotta, I gotta order a bottle myself. So <laughs> No, we, Christmas is coming. Just wait. So. Maybe Santa will bring you some. I've been a good boy. <laughs> anyway. anyway. All right. So I told you when we were getting our um, new fill <laughs> that uh, something occurred to me that you were talking about. Okay. So you were saying this Raul. Okay, so we had James Earl Ray. <laughs> Raul. Yeah. Yeah, that guy. You had James Earl Ray escape from prison using this false identity and got mixed up with this gun runner. Right. Raul. 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 So, if... Now, follow me here. If there was a plot, or if you just wanted to kill this guy, you wanted to kill King because, for whatever reason, right? you're a gun runner. You're a gun smuggler. But Why do you need some to... random dumbass to go to the local gun shop and buy a whatever gun? Exactly. Right. So do you think there's a purpose behind that? To have a... Uh, okay, so... I'll, the, the thing about Raul mm-hmm. is the government will lead you to believe that there is no such person. Of course. That he made up this name, mm-hmm. and the name... Or the the person there was a real person there, mm-hmm. but it was a cover for one of his brothers. Mm, okay. So he couldn't say, you know, I don't know his brother's names off the top of my head. Billy was it Billy? It was Raul, you know. Um. The thing about that is, uh, what was I going to say? I'm trying to base it off of what you're saying. If even, I think the point of it is, let's assume Raul was real. Raul's a gun runner. Mm-hmm. Like you said, if you're a gun runner, you should have plenty you of have access, access to, to guns. illegal guns. I don't need to go to the, to the gun shop and have a traceable gun. So why would you need said guy to go Because you buy need a, a patsy. Right. So you need, you're creating, what you're creating is you're creating a paper trail. Much right. like, hold, hear me out. Much like Oswald, if you remember the pictures of Oswald with the, the newspaper with the rifle. Right. Remember? And we got the famous photo of him right. standing. What are you doing? You're setting, you're you're creating the Look, story. There's the gun. He took there's a picture with it. He's holding the newspaper. Right. He's showing, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's, it's because, you know, that's what you do story. when you buy a new gun. Like when I buy a new gun, I go grab the local newspaper and hold it up. <laughs> now, right, here's my new yeah, gun. But, but my point is, is it's creating, you're making a narrative. Right. And you're building the evidence of this narrative. Right. Also, you needed the fingerprints on the gun. On the gun. Well, yeah. Plus, it helps when you have unwitting participants. Right. Now, something I was thinking about today, could this also, knowing the time frame, could this be an MK Ultra situation? <clears throat> I, hmm. I mean, because the facts of the matter are this. Where was he being held in prison, but prior uh, prior to his escape, when 
When he escaped. Before he killed King, you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in Missouri uh, State Penitentiary. Hmm. My my thing is this. I, oh, I see what you're saying. Where the tracks of where. Right, where we've had previous. Detainees. Where was detainees. that at, though? That was in, was that Leavenworth? No, it was, you're, you're talking about more like in California and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, here's what I'm going to say about James Earl Ray. And, and again, I mean no disrespect to James Earl Ray and or his family. But anybody that's had any dealings with him have said that he was a man of lesser intelligence. And he was and a, not, not that he was. And he was a follower. He wasn't a leader. This is nothing. So whatever happened or didn't happen wasn't his idea. Right. So I think this is more a situation where you had somebody that was easily coerced into you're on the run. Right. You're you're a a prison escapee. Right. You're getting mixed up with people that are that are we're going to offer you an opportunity. We know you you know you're using it. I'm sure they knew everything about this right. guy. Probably, and I mean, you kind of alluded to it, maybe... Facilitated the escape. escape. Yeah. So you're going to come work for us. Right. We got we got plans for you. Right. And they're not filling him in on what he's doing. Right. They're just telling him, hey, go buy a gun. As a matter of fact, Raul also told him to rent the room. Right. Right? At the, uh, at the whatever it was. At the, the boarding bar. house. Yeah, the boarding house. Right. You're going to rent this room, right? And then on the day of the assassination, as he claims... He was told to go watch a movie. Right. Where Where we heard that before. Right. So, dude purchases a ticket to go watch a movie, whatever. Hears about what happened. Freaks the fuck out. And he gets the fuck out of Dodge. Right. Because he's like, Shh. it's like it occurs to him, I've went and done all this. I've bought the gun. I've been seen around town. I bought this boarding house Right across the motherfucking street. Well, not even across the street, just Around across the, the way. Right. Across the across the lawn. Right. So to speak, of this of this motel or hotel or whatever it is. Right. Puts to I mean, obviously he's not dumb enough that he can't put two and two together and he's like, fuck. Much like Oswald probably had that moment of these motherfuckers set me up. Right. I I gotta get the fuck out of here. So he does and flees. And he's on the run, and he's using aliases, and he's bouncing from here to there to yonder, right? Until he's like, "I got to get the fuck out of here. I got to get out of the country. Well, I got to get, I got to get to somewhere." And it and it's interesting. We talk about that, so let's talk about that. Okay. He, Ray, whatever, whatever. I just didn't he want knows to I'm go. in town. He, right. They know I'm at this place. They know I bought this gun. They know what kind of car I drive, right? Mm -hmm. Here's the news report from that day. Okay. Dr. Martin Luther King, the apostle of nonviolence in the civil rights movement, has been shot to death in Memphis, Tennessee. Police have issued an all-points bulletin for a well-dressed young white man seen running from the scene. Officers also reportedly chased and fired on a radio-equipped car containing two white men. A radio-equipped car with two white men. Hold so, on. I'll play. King was standing on the balcony of a second floor. Okay. We know where he was at and what happened. Okay, so I got a question. Well-dressed man. Well-dressed man. So ZZ Top, right? 
No, it was sharp. Trust me, it's different. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, it's fun doing podcasts. <laughs> so the <laughs> I told you. I'm, I'm sorry. Can you play that? Can you play that clip again, please? Uh, this was Walter Cronkite. Luther King, the apostle of nonviolence in the civil rights movement, has been shot to death in Memphis, Tennessee. Police have issued an all-points bulletin for a well-dressed young white man seen running from the scene. Officers also reportedly chased and fired on a radio-equipped car containing two white men. Doctor. Okay, so my question would be... Real quick. Uh-huh. Well-dressed... White man. Young. Young white man. And he was... He was in his 40s? 40s? He yeah. was like around 40. Yeah. 40, so I'd be like, me or you trying to run away from a crime scene. No, I'm not running anywhere. Exactly. Mr. Skippy over there. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so according to the report there, and, I, and I'm not saying that it it doesn't, but it almost makes it sound like it's two different scenarios. Like you so had you're, one person running, but then you had two people in a radio-equipped car. Right. Could be the same person getting into a getaway car. Right. But it doesn't sound like that. It sounds like it's two separate situations. Situations. No description of the car, right? Radioed car? How do they know it was a radio car? Uh, one I'm of the great had, big antennas. Back in these days, it probably had a big ass CB antenna. Okay. So. But here's my thing. But nevertheless, you're not even to the point where you're chasing the car. Right. Fired upon the car. Right. So. You, as far as the police or whoever was concerned, whoever was in that car was a viable, was guilty, right? Or could have been, you know, whatever. Do we know that James Earl Ray had a getaway car? He had a white Mustang. Okay, but but do we know that he had like a getaway driver? Raul, maybe, maybe didn't specify that he was a blonde. It was two white males. One was blonde hair. One was black hair. Whatever. Didn't specify that. Said two white males in a white car, radio car. Right. So, so when when I I got to ask this question, maybe you know, maybe you don't know. When James Earl Ray's Mustang was found, did it have a radio antenna on it? I don't know. I don't know that they ever gave a description. Now, su- supposedly, in this bag that was found, there was amongst the gun and binoculars and whatever else a walkie-talkie. Hmm. So. If you were, I'll say this about that. Forget about the gun and whatever else. We'll get back to that. If you're a lone gunman, what you need a walkie-talkie for? Who are you talking to? The only thing I could say about that, and and this is just me thinking, Uh is maybe you had a walkie-talkie so you can listen to the chatter. Yeah, police band or whatever. Now, that being said, I want to bring this up. King had a security detail right? that went with him, met him in Memphis. Right. And then they were, <laughs> they were actually right. called off. Actually. That day. Actually, he requested a specific police detail of black police officers. They called them off. He did, however, have two white police officers. As escorts. As escorts. One of which, actually, (laughs) this is where your conspiracy can fall. One of which was holding Dr. King's head Hmm. as he bled out. Hmm. Now, there are some people that would say, was that the kill shot? 
you could see the picture. If you ever, guys, if you ever get a chance to look up the picture of of this, where all the guys are pointing, mm-hmm. right? If you zoom in on the picture of King, there is a ton of blood on the ground. Well, but you can imagine. I'm just going to say this about that. You can imagine getting hit in the cheek. There's not a lot of skin on your cheek, but there are a lot of blood vessels in your face. Right. Cheek, jaw, shattered jaw, went down into your spine and into your shoulder. Um, if it's a lot of blood, that's kind of odd because you're only talking about one entrance wound right? with no exit wound. Correct? Right. So you will bleed a lot from your face if you ever notice... Um, you know, even if you cut your face shaving or if you ever yeah. cut your face, whatever, you're going to bleed a lot because there's not a lot of skin there. There's not a lot of tissue there, but there are a lot of blood vessels in your face. Right. To say that that's a lot, there was an exorbitant amount of blood on the ground. Seems kind of odd to me. So there was a guy, I, I was looking up something real quick. So John Barber. Okay. Have you ever heard of him? No. So he was on a podcast. This was like two years ago. And he alluded to the fact, take it for what it's worth, that he was alive when he left that hotel. When he when he when the shot was fired, whatever, whatever, and he was transported to to um, a hospital, mm-hmm. he Saint was still Joseph. alive, mm-hmm. and he was suffocated. I I did hear that. Um, now that is contradictory to, of course, Jesse Jackson saying that he was oh. I was cradling his head or whatever. But he and wasn't. Then, but he wasn't. And then he had it later changed. Right. Like, oh, yeah. And then I <laughs> would even venture to say who who's one of the people that benefited the most from Dr. King dying. Mm, well, we'll probably get into that. Bit, <laughs> but later. so anyway. Needless to say. Um, but so the point being is. Okay. So you said there were two officers. Two officers. There, there was a group. There was a group that followed King. Right. These, these were a group. Different reverends and different reverend, but but I'm saying this was a security detail of right. all black, um, kind of like bodyguards. Right. Even his driver. Right. And they were called off for that day. Right. Or they were told they were not needed. It it was something to, the, to that, you know, to that effect. And like you said, there were two officers there. But do you remember that there were actually two firemen? Yeah. That were called off duty. There were not called off duty. Were called away. Right. So there were. There was a fire station. If you can picture this, picture this as Dealey Plaza. No, picture <laughs> this as like a horseshoe. Yeah, it's off of Beale Street next no, no. to. <laughs> no. <laughs> what I'm saying is, picture this as a horseshoe. Okay. Right. The back of the horseshoe is the mot- uh, the hotel. Right. The hotel Lor- Lorraine, where uh, King is staying. And we'll get into the fact that his reservations were changed too. Right. At the last minute. Um, but anyways, picture the backside of the horseshoe as being the Hotel Lorraine. Right. Okay, on, on the left side of the horseshoe, you have Jim's... Is it Jim's Bar and Grill? Jim's? I think so. Okay, Jim's Bar and Grill and Boarding House. Okay? And it kind of runs in between two buildings. On the right side of the horseshoe, you have actually the fire department. And this is the number two fire department in Memphis. Right. Okay. There were two black uh, um, fire department fire, fire, firemen. Thank you, <laughs> firemen, and both of them were called away from 
the uh, the fire firehouse, station. right? Uh, and no reason given. I think one one said, I, I believe under testimony, one said that uh, there was a threat on his life and his family's life. Is that correct? Yeah, I was trying to find the name, but. Um, and the other one, I don't think he ever came to a conclusion of why they were called, why he was called away. But both, needless to say, were called away from the fire station. Now, was it the fire chief, or it was whoever was in charge of the firehouse at the time? Right. Said that two men approached him, flashed army IDs or military IDs. I'm sorry, not army, military IDs. And said that they needed a vantage point on the roof. On the roof of the hotel, right? Said they were carrying briefcases. I know under, uh, I want to say it was under oath, but this was the test, uh, the whatever interview he gave. I don't know whether it was under direct testimony or not, but said that um, he was at. Well, I think it was under testimony because he was being asked questions. Did you know what was in the briefcases? And he said, no. He said, they said they needed a vantage point of the hotel, so I assume... There were cameras or whatever. there were cameras or whatever. Right. He goes, well, did you see into the briefcase? And he said, no. He said, you know, they flashed their IDs, told me what they needed. I took them to the roof, and I left them to do whatever. So he has no idea what was in the briefcase to supposed military personnel on the roof of the firehouse that overlooked the hotel. Right. And we're talking about a distance, and, and I showed you the map. Right. Uh, we actually had a, a um, picture diagram, and it's not a great distance no, it's between... it's like a block away. Right. You're talking about a block's distance between the boarding house and the firehouse. Right. So, you know, who were these two guys? What were they doing on the roof? Could they have been a... A hit squad? Well, could they have been a situation of this is the backup? If the if that shot misses, this shot's not going to miss. What was in the briefcases? Was this more surveillance by Hoover? You know what I'm saying? Right. Were, were these G-men, so to speak? Were these FBI agents? What were they doing there? And why were the two black firefighters called off out of the firehouse. Right. What, um, shit, what was I going to say? And, and that's the odd thing because I believe there were two black police officers too. Right. That were called off duty or called away or called. One was called into the office and told that there was a, a, see, here's the odd thing. There was a threat on his and his family's life. And then later it was determined, oh, we were wrong. It wasn't on your life. It was on a dude in Knoxville. Right. <laughs> Whoops. Right. And that was the fire. I think that, was that the fire or was th- that the police? I think it was the firefighter. Okay. The one, I, I don't want to call his name. I was trying to find it, but I couldn't. Right. But, um. But, but oddly enough, you're clearing out the department of both uh, situations of any, um, black personnel. Right. That are going to feel some sort of way and want to intervene or whatever. Or might be witness to. Right. So, I guess in essence, now, knowing the things we know now, uh, I think it was later said that the water, Walter Cronkite, uh, the news thing I played where he said two white male, blah, 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 
was was wrong. He was wrong. He didn't. That's not what what they saw. But I'll say this about that. In in time, we have heard when we do when we do shows on conspiracy theories, whatever those are. A lot of times, we are led to believe that whatever the incident was was done by one person, right? Kennedy, Kennedy, uh, Oklahoma, this, right? It's always one person. And, and I want to say this about that. Nowadays, we have a tendency for our media to want to be first. Right. You got to be first. Even if it's incorrect, you got to be first. Right. The, you, we're talking about more of a time when the news was... A lot slower. A lot slower. It didn't. You didn't have to be the first one out there because there wasn't the all the cell offshoots. phone footage and yeah, yeah, Twitter. Yeah. And you could, you know, you you had the major news outlets, <coughs> and that's who people well, listen to. And here's the thing: I would I would assume Walter Cronkite. If I played the very beginning of that of that um, video, mm-hmm. this is what it said: that the "Don't Tread on America" podcast is the best one ever. This is what he says, and this is how you. When it comes to eyewitness testimony or uh, two people were seen, blah, 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 whatever. This is why. From our newsroom in Washington. So you in have color. This in is color. the CBS Evening right. News with Walter Cronkite and Russ Hodge in Memphis, Tennessee. Da- <laughs> There's a reporter on the scene, right? Well, he was probably covering King being there. Okay. Right? It's not like, right. oh, shit, he's been shot. We got to haul you as to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like that. It was like, oh, King's going to Memphis to, because of this sanitation right. situation. You need to go and there cover were it. probably reporters on. Right. So this is on standby. CBS News. So there was probably ABC and NBC and CNN. Well, CNN. Oh, didn't. CNN. Yeah. No. Hmm. But the big three right. probably had a person but that's, there. That's what I'm saying. They didn't have to be first to the. I mean, yes, you wanted to be the first one to break the story or But whatever. I bet you the news was more accurate. Yes. And then it changed. Yeah. Because where I'm going with this is okay, go ahead. where he says, uh, well-dressed man, seen running, blah, 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 and two guys in a white radio whatever equipped car, right? Mm-hmm. And then it comes out later, no, 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 it was just Ray. I, I hearken to... I fast forward from 1968 to when was Oklahoma? 99? 96? 6. 5? Six, 6. Somewhere around there, right? So I hearken fast forward to that. And we were Timothy McVeigh. It was all him. He rented a rider truck, whatever it was, and yada, 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 right? Mm-hmm. But you watch, you watch news footage from then. When the Oklahoma City local news is live on the scene reporting it, uh, there's bombs on the on the pillars in the in the uh, parking garage. Yeah, and then uh, no, 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 no. You were wrong about that, right? You see what I'm saying? So well, it's always and, and you know there was a bomb squad. Right. Oh, there was a bomb squad here earlier this morning. They right. were across the street or whatever. No, no, they're in the photo. We see them. No, no they were no, just no. getting breakfast. Yeah. It was coincidence. Yeah. But that's my point. It's like... They changed the facts after the fact. <laughs> after the fact, because they hope you forget. Right. Right? Because they're going to focus on Ray. Ray's the guy. <laughs> We've He's already the got a guy. guy. We've already got a guy. So, back to Ray. Okay. Back to the gun 
being found and the hotel, or I don't want to say hotel room, but the boarding house room, whatever he stayed in, right? Well, but it was found on the corner of a shop. So around that, the bend. So around the bend. So, you know, looking again, looking at the map. So this is what had to have happened, right? According to the official narrative. James Earl Ray gets in the bathtub because we see scuffs on the bathtub, right? right? Fires through this little port window in the bathroom. Right. And we tried this earlier in your bathroom, right? Mm-hmm. We we re- tried to recreate it. Right. So, anyway. anyway. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, fires through this little port window in the bathtub. Through, hits King in the cheek. Now, this is a guy that didn't know. This from is, roughly, I think they said it was about 200 yards. So, I mean, he. So, for a guy. It was that, a scoped rifle. For, but, but. But I'm going to say this about that. For a guy that didn't know. Sh- didn't know the difference between a. Uh, what 243 and a 30 out six. <laughs> I just da- need a gun for hunting. Pretty damn good shot. Right. On a single shot. Individual. Yeah, single shot. Didn't didn't require it's three like shots. He fucking emptied the rat, you know. Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah. Didn't require yeah. three shots. Uh, Lee, what you got? Well, I mean, Lee did hit Lee a moving target. President so. Bush and Lee did oh. hit a moving target. So did he? Or Lee missed. A Let's refer target. to uh, HW on that one. Or Lee never even fired the fucking gun. Yeah, he was watching a movie. Anyway, we just needed you to handle the gun so we get your fingerprints. Nevertheless, um, but anyways, fires through this little porthole. Standing in a bathtub. Doesn't know shit about guns. Hits this guy. Says, Booyah! Fucking wraps up the gun. Throws it in his fucking bag. Carries the bag out of the fucking bathroom. <laughs> down the hall. <laughs> Nothing to cool, see here. Cool as can be. Right. Out the boarding house. Around the corner. Around a- the corner. A- around the corner on the side what? of where the hotel was. That was shot. Yeah, because he wouldn't have went through the bar and grill. Right? No, he went he went down and out and around, and across the street from where he was at at that point. Drops the hotel. <laughs> drops hey. the bag. Oops, like you do. So let's let's paint the two different scenarios. If it's the car with the the radio car with two men, so you're assuming he is one of those men. Right, that's the assumption. Pickup car. Why the fuck would you drop the bag? Right. Why would you so throw Ra- in the car? Raul. Dukes of Hazard style jokes up in there in the the, the <laughs> and he fucking slides in through the window. <laughs> Get in! Come on, Bo. <laughs> he drops the bag on the corner and's like, "Oops!" Like uh, uh, slides in like Bo Duke and through the window, right? <laughs> and they peel out and take off. Okay, that's right. scenario one. No, that's what happened. <laughs> scenario two: This motherfucker. Same scenario goes boop, 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 cool as a cucumber. Now, mind you, this is the dude that gets busted for for robbing a post office, right? And a taxi for eleven dollars, right. and a grocery store, and a Kroger. <laughs> Mas- you know, masterfully, but in true fashion, drops the fucking bag, right? Like you do. Well, and that's where the, the the bungling Idiot. criminal but just aspect so happens, comes out. But just so happens to contain every piece of evidence you need to link him to the crime. But here's the kicker. And get... Where does he go? Where's his car parked? Because there's no... 
solo white dude gets in white Mustang right. and peels out. Right. So does he walk down the block? Does he hightail it out of the very, area? Does it, he get in the very fucking car and drive off? Does it's he, very reminiscent of, of Lee Harvey. You know? Just kind of same situation. He slinks. shoots the president and out the damn book depository yeah, like just, nothing happened. Just is like, hey, I'm what's gonna go going see on? a movie. What's up? <laughs> How's it going? What happened? Hey, I was just working here at the book depository. I yeah. guess I'll go see a movie. Yeah, what happened? Oh, wow. Oh. Damn, president was shot? Cool. I'm going to watch Three <laughs> Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest or whatever. <laughs> but here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. How did they know that that rifle was his? I well, mean, I, was, I have the answer. I'm just. Oh, oh, well, that was the rifle that was found in the back. But how do they know it was his? Because it had his yeah, fingerprints, fingerprints right? on it. Right. Mm-hmm. So the bag, gun, and all the stuff in the bag, binoculars, New, whatever else. Binoculars, newspaper clipping that, or not newspaper clipping, it was newspaper. Art for the day, right. For the day, showing that King was going to be in Memphis. Right, because, you know, gonna be. you didn't know that. Right. You had to have the newspaper with you. That him? <laughs> that's <laughs> him out there. Huh, I think that's him. I'm going to shoot him anyway. I mean, here's the kicker. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. And I'll I'll talk about that here in a second. One second. Okay. Fingerprints everywhere. Right. Guess where there were no fingerprints? Mm. In the room. What? Right. So you mean the room where the guy was staying had no fingerprints? Well, it's because he wore gloves. So you're going to wear gloves in the room you're staying in. Right. They know you checked in because you're like, hi, I'm James Earl Ray and I need a room. I got to shoot, you know, NJ. <laughs> and, uh, what? <laughs> Too soon? <laughs> so, <laughs> but no, no fingerprints. Right. So they know that he stayed in this room. I'm not saying that the fingerprints weren't on the gun. I'm saying that the fingerprints were there because they know he went to the gun shop, bought well, the gun, whatever, whatever. Well, they they know he stayed in the room because he fit the description of the man that checked into the right. room. Okay. So they just put one and one together said, oh, he, he rented room five. Room. and well, But that was a community-shared bathroom, correct? Right. Yeah, it wasn't that, was, that wasn't like his individual bathroom, right? right? No. Because if we looked on, on the diagram... Again, on the diagram... His room was about halfway down. The room was his room was behind that other building. Correct. So it was about middle ways now down. Now the bathroom was like the the building in front of that was a little bit shorter. So the bathroom was like on the corner right. of the building. So that window faced the so hotel. This, it's not like he had a individual bathroom in his room right. that he went and looked out the window. Right. This was like a bathroom that was at the end of the hallway. Where other people that were staying in the same place could have used. Right. Correct. And those scuff marks could have been from anybody. Oh, they were matched to his shoes. Not, not to mention that the they fact. they found like a year later. Not to mention the fact oh. that you just happened to take your gun and bag and everything else down to the, the public restroom to rock off a few rounds but here's the thing. Back to what we were talking about when we stopped, real quick. Jokingly, we were talking about he. Why would why would he have the newspaper? So he knew. Well, obviously, he knew he was there. But was it like, oh, okay, this is him? But you made a good point. He's on a a uh, balcony, two hundred some odd yards away. Correct. Now, if you've ever shot a gun, 
at 200 plus yards, even with the scope, even with the scope, and and we're talking 60 year ago scope. We're not talking 22 scopes. We're talking 60 whatever scope, right? Mm -hmm. How clear? Like at best, you saw however many three, four, five. How many people were there? Okay, how did you know? It was the dude in the middle or whatever. And I'm I'm assuming is that where the was that where the radio came into play? Was that like okay, he's the second guy to the left, you know, whatever? Or is that where the newspaper comes in? This, but even so, you but but they but they didn't say that about the newspaper clipping. It didn't say that it had King circled. Right. It just said he's in Memphis for whatever reason. Right. You had to decipher that it wasn't Jesse Jackson. It wasn't Reverend the other guy that was there. It was obviously it wasn't the white dude. You know, but. At that distance, I mean, not for nothing. I'm not trying to be, you know, whatever they all look like. I'm not trying to say that. But you're talking about a great distance. You're at 200 about- plus yards, even through a scope, it's hard to decipher who's who when you're trying to rack off a shot to kill a man with one, one shot. Correct. Now, this is where the conspiracy falls into place. Let's just say for shits and giggles. James Earl Ray run to the room, sh- went to the bathroom, fired around out of that window. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that's what happened. Did he kill King? Now, you hear different accounts of there was someone in the grassy. No, no, there's a different one. <laughs> no, but like in the bushes or whatever. So, okay, so we're talking about the horseshoe. Okay. Inside the horseshoe, in front of of across from the pool because there was a pool i believe right in between across from that in between the firehouse and the building next to the boarding house right there was a row of bushes right okay so this is essentially our and i'm using air quotes grassy knoll right okay Carthel Whedon was the chief at the Memphis Fire Department. Anyway. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> 30 <laughs> minutes later. Hey, better late than never. Right. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, I was trying to find the the uh, driver. He said he saw someone in the bush. Solomon Jones. Yeah. Solomon Jones was a driver that often drove Martin Luther King when he came what, to Memphis? To the area? Yeah, I don't know if he was like his permanent driver or I, what. I don't think he was. I think he just drove him when he came when to that area. When he was in area. that vicinity, yeah. Right. And so Solomon Jones, I think, is he sitting in the car? He's near the car? He's in the car or whatever? Whatever the situation, because here's what we haven't talked about. King was getting ready to go to a dinner at a Reverend Billy Kyle. Does that sound... Is that right? Um, damn it! I'm begin- I, I remember the name Kyle just because you know, <laughs> right? Like you did. Um. Anyways, he was waiting to hear word because he was supposed to be going to have dinner with this other reverend. Right. Right. And they were waiting to to hear word, and then I think everything was a go. They were on the balcony waiting for this Robert. Uh, was it Robert? Robert Abernathy? Did I? Did I? Do I remember that right? Did I say that right? Robert, Ralph, Ralph Abernathy. Sorry. 
Sorry. Two old fashions in. Pretty damn good. R Abernathy. I got it. You got the Abernathy part. Thank you. Well, I got R. I said right. Ra- I said uh, Robert. So pretty damn close. Doing good. God bless. <laughs> so, anyways, they're waiting for uh, Abernathy to come out, and they're just kind of chilling on the balcony or whatever. Right. right. And that's where King he's overlooking the balcony, and I believe there was a there were two guys shadow boxing or whatever, and he's kind of. You know, one dude's like real scrawny and the other dude's like 300 pounds or whatever. And he's like, oh, you know, whatever, don't hurt him. You know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Right. And that's where he looks down at... Um, the bushes. Uh, no, no, no. Ben, <laughs> the bushes. I, I, I don't know. I'm trying to find something. I ben, had it right here. No, and... you're fine. Uh, ben Ben Branch, who was the mu- uh, musician and was telling him, hey... You know, you're going to be playing this tonight. Make sure you play it real nice, like. Right. Um, and then, bang. Shot rings out. Now, here's my question. And maybe we should have researched this prior to. No, no. We're going into it. Who cares? <laughs> what side of the face was he hit on? I left, I would assume, but. No. It right. should have been his right. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Okay, here we go. Found it finally. Twenty six fucking years later. <sighs> so he said this is Solomon Solomon Jones mm-hmm. served as King's chauffeur on his Memphis trip. Thank you. I'm sorry, I I completely got lost in the weeds on that. Go ahead. He told the police he ran into the street after he heard the shot was fired and saw a man running away in the brush from across the motel. He said it looked like the man had a hood over it. It was the Unabomber. Damn, Kaczynski! (laughs) Had a hood over his head. Yeah, I guess he was born then. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was him. Over his head, and he was in the bush on the west side of Mulberry Street with his back towards him. His deta- uh, debatable account became the catalyst for most of the conspiracy field uh, theories that followed. Police interviewed all of King's aides, and none of them saw anyone in the bushes below the second-floor motel where Ray was staying. And yada yada yada. But I would say this about that: if the aides, if most of those people were up on the balcony or up in in the hotel or motel, whatever, with King. This guy might have been down at the car, maybe at a better vantage point. Right. What you got? But he actually said he saw this guy in the bushes, right? Right. Hmm. Interesting. So I'm looking at the autopsy for King. The bullet entered through King's right cheek. Okay. Which would have been from... The right. The right, which would have been from the boarding house. Right. Breaking his jaw, several vertebrae as it traveled down the spinal cord, severing his jugular vein. Now, that's interesting because I, I didn't see that before and major arteries in the process. That would explain all that this That would explain blood. a lot of blood before lodging in his shoulder. The force of the shot ripped King's necktie off. King fell backward under the balcony. Now, if anybody's ever shot a thirty out 6 that is a hell of a uh, kick kick on that gun which means it is a very high caliber which means it is very it's a 30 caliber i mean 30 caliber i mean it's it's 
you know, I've shot a thirty thirty, and right. that's got a pretty good kick to it. It's basically the same thing. The bullet's just a little bit shorter. Right. So, um, so from the right side, I, I was I was questioning that what side it came in from. You know, naturally. Right. Because we're talking about the vantage point of the of the firehouse, which would have been actually to King's left. Now, this is assuming that King's overlooking and looking straight on the balcony. Correct? Right. Because if he turns, if he moves, if he pivots, if he swivels. Right. Now we're talking about a different direction. But from where he was hit from would indicate that he was hit from the right side. That doesn't exclude the bushes that you're talking about because the bushes do extend out to the end of the building. Right. If you need me to pull up the picture again. No, it's fine. Okay. Or it could come from the boarding house bathroom window. Okay. Well, and that would be a, a difference of the angle. I mean, granted, it's like he was in a high rise. He was what on the second or second floor. Second so floor. you're assuming the bathroom is on the second floor. So this should be a straight on shot. Well, I think according to that picture, it looked like it was a four story room. No, it. Uh, I mean, because even in the picture where they're pointing, they're kind of pointing up. They're kind of pointing up. So it was a helicopter. G.I. Joe killed King. Okay, so oh. if you're looking at the 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 bathroom would be just a slight bit higher. So you're maybe talking about a third story to a second story Yeah, shot, so maybe a 10-foot drop. Which would account for the downward angle. Cheek, down, Now, draw, mind you, this is draw. a person that... Uh, I know, but I'm saying... <laughs> Cheek, cheek, right, jaw, right, vertebrae, jugular. shoulder. Well, jugular as it goes through, right, but then shoulder. So it's not unheard of. It's not like the Kennedy bullet where you're like, the fucking angle is just all kinds of wrong, right? Well, it's. I, but I even go back to the marksmanship of this hit. One shot. Was he a lucky shot? I mean, like you said, it wasn't a necessarily a straight shot. Thirty out six. Do we have a do we have a picture of the uh the gun? The Remington? No. Oh yeah, Remington, that was something too we want to talk about. <laughs> There's the Bush connection, I guess, in all this, right? Remington. So, you know I'll let you speak on that. Grandpappy Bush, Pe- Preston Bush worked for Remington Arms. So it makes you wonder if that's does could there be any coincidence that that's the brand? I mean, it's not like they're the only company that makes thirty out sixes. Surely they could have got a Winchester, or I'm thinking back in those days, there wasn't a lot of different you know brands like there are nowadays. But surely Winchester made a thirty out six Remington. I just find it interesting that that's the brand of gun that was used. But um, what you got? Okay, so I'm just trying to look at what a Remington Woodmaster. So this is a 1966. Right. I mean, I'm just trying to um, picture what this this model would have looked like. Well, it's probably a Woodstock gun. Yep. It's not synthetic. They didn't have those back then. It is actually a clip fed. Right. So it's probably like a five round clip. Five round clip. With a scope, 
I mean, now, granted, this is close up, but this is kind of what it would look like. Right. Your basic scope, and I'd be surprised if that's even rated at a 200 yard. I'm telling you, dude, at, at a drop, you know, we don't know what the weather was like. That's a pretty good shot, one shot drop. You know what I'm saying? Right. But, um, <laughs> Remington Model 742 was the only automatic rifle to handle a powerful 30 6 Know what? Three rings of steel say he's right. So this is the gun minus the scope. Okay. Okay, so that's what we're looking at. So, speaking on the rifle, real quick. What if I was to tell you that... It was an AR-15. It was an AR-15. Deadly AR-15. God. <laughs> Ban all guns. What if I was to tell you that they retested the very gun that was found that was found okay this is uh james earl ray's gun a legend right no it had his fingerprints on it so this is his gun okay this is the gun that he purchased second time (laughs) okay so sent me it was tested by firearms expert robert hathaway in 1997 he fired 12 test bullets out of this gun okay but the bullet forensics stated that the bullet that killed King lacked the reference points matching the so, 12 bullets that were fired from the gun that held, that had James Earl Ray's fingerprints so on it. So from a ballistics standpoint, when they, could, when they could take a gun, a bullet rather, right. that like, okay, so-and-so gets shot. And the bullet's still in the person. Mm-hmm. They pull the bullet out, which, which, and they say, okay, here's the bullet. Right. They could say, oh, the, the rifling, the barrel marks, the whatever. Okay, for those that don't know, and I'm assuming that most of the people listening to the show know a little bit about guns, but right. when you fire from a gun, each gun, its rifling is a little bit different, and it has what they call reference points or... Fingerprints, essentially. Right. It, it's, like a, it's like the fingerprint of the gun. Right. It's saying little marks because every gun is not made identical. Right. It's like a fucking snowflake. The rifling's a little bit different. There's little nicks, grooves. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whatever in, in, in the bullet. So they can tell pretty much what bullet was fired from what gun. They can, or they can at least eliminate... Other guns. Other guns. Right. Because they're going to say, okay, well, there's this small little bit of a a imperfection in this rifling that caused this slight nick in the bullet. Right. Whatever. So they're, what he's saying is in 1997, this isn't even like 1970 right. ballistics. This is almost damn near current day ballistics. That's 30 years later. Right. Which we, you know, should have damn near perfected by now. Right. That it lacked reference points, meaning it lacked certain indentations in the bullet right? that would be fired from that. Twelve different bullets all had the same reference point in the bullet right. that the bullet that killed King lacked. Which means, if you're talking about from a ballistics forensic standpoint... 
means that that bullet was not fired from that gun. Right. So, Period. Point blank. There's no getting around that. Right. Essentially, the way it works out is if you have a gun in your house or guns, and let's say um, your wife gets shot by uh, uh, a five five six round. Let's just say that. Okay. Um, and it's your wife that gets shot. Mm-hmm. They're going to say, okay, uh, normally in those situations, the first suspect is the husband. It's the closest. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So they'll say, okay, well, Christopher J. McGillicuddy owns a gun capable of shooting what well, you used to. Right. Own a gun yeah. capable of shooting that round. Right. So then they come to your house, they have a warrant, and they seize that gun. Mm-hmm. Right. And the point of that is to compare the bullets. Either match you or or unmatch you. Well, to match the bullet that was fired right. that, that killed said individual to the gun. Right. Now they might have not have had that technology in sixty sixty eight, I don't know. But they sure as hell had it in nineteen ninety seven. Right. Well. But uh so I don't think he did it. I, I'm, I, well, let's get I, to the I, regar- case. <laughs> Regardless of the fact of whether he did it, I'm still not saying that he did or didn't do it. I'm saying the gun that was found that had his fingerprints on it did not fire the round that killed Martin Luther King. Right. I'll say Period. this. I'll and say this no, about the whole no situation. Way to get around that. Did did um, Ray have nothing to do with this? I would say no. Did he shoot the gun that? Did whatever happen? I would also say no. I would say the intent was probably there. He probably was hired. But in his own words, right, he was um, – so he was arrested. He was arrested. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They – it was very much – a. <laughs> When I was when I was listening to this, it made me think very much of the um, the movie uh, with the people in it. You know where they said the words, right? No, the damn uh, we were just talking about earlier. Fucking my cousin Vinny. Okay. Right when the two guys, right, the Karate Kid and the other guy, Ralph Macchio, mm-hmm. whatever Karate Kid Danielson, right? When they went to the to the shop, mm-hmm. right, to buy whatever, and they stole the can of tuna, right? Right, and the sheriff was like. You shot the clerk. I shot the clerk? I shot the clerk? <laughs> oh, so I'm you're admitting it. It's you shot the clerk. I'm, I'm glad Wait, you can admit it. I shot the clerk? That's that's how I figure no, 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 no. his confession was. No, 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 no. So here's how his confession went. The original plea that he entered was Wasn't, not guilty. Right. Um, now, he had this lawyer. Dr. Pepper. No, it was... Uh, God, you had the name. I did have the name. It was the guy with the people... Fine, fun, foot. Now, foot. hold Start on. with an F, right? Fuck face. <laughs> uh, great radio for It's people. fine. We got it. I got it right here. I don't have Feinstein? it right here. No, and Feinstein. Fine. It was uh, fine shit. <laughs> God bless it. Oh, that's great. Uh, this oh, is... oh three, three hours later. Oh, it's Feinberg. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, is... God bless America. You get so many names going in your head. Well, not just that, but when you're looking on these motherfucking websites, they got 5,062 fucking ads, and the whole fucking thing just bounces around. Jesus Christ in heaven. 
Bob Johnson. <laughs> Good enough. No, so Bob, I'm going to find it. You go ahead and talk. Well, needless to say, his first lawyer. His first lawyer wasn't that. Well, his first lawyer, the lawyer, whatever, that he went into trial with, told him, no problem, this is going to be the easiest case, whatever, right, that, but that we've ever that tried. That actually wasn't his first lawyer. No, it wasn't his first, but because his first was a public defender. No, no, no. His first was actually a father-son team. Really? Who was a... Was a the the dad the the son had just graduated um, huh. law school, huh. Huh. but the father was like a hoity-toity lawyer, southern lawyer, lawyer. He was like, mm, you know, was what this the guy I'm talking about? No, this is a different. That was a different guy. Okay, I will find that in an hour or two. Okay, well, I'll give you time. I'll right. Go. Okay, I found it. Okay, and the funny thing is, is to the radio listeners out there, it was a second. Because you're that intelligent. Right. It's been three hours. Right. No, I'm joking. (laughs) So, three hours later. No. Um, Author Arthur Haynes. So, he wrote a book. He had underwear. No. Author Haynes. uh, (laughs) I I did say author. Arthur Haynes. Said he and his father had planned to take the case in trial mm-hmm. and never would have pleaded him guilty. Right. Arthur Haynes Sr. was in Norfolk, Virginia, uh, was in Norfolk, Virginia for the launching of the USS Birmingham and was unavailable for comment. Now, this paper was from 1969. Way back. So, um, now that I know the names, okay, basically what happened was, I'm, I wish I could find the name of the author, the, the author. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, author. Mm-hmm. yeah, I'm trying to scan through this here. Um, so, essentially what happened was, the father and son, they were a legitimate law firm. Right. So, they... Jumped on it. They need, Well, they needed money. Right. They, they're not pro bono, we're not fucking... Sent here by the state, where we need to get paid. But you're also talking about they're based out of where? I don't know, out of Alabama, I think it was. Okay, but nonetheless, they couldn't take on the case for free because the cost of running a case, right? They knew they weren't going to get any money out of Ray, so they had to find a way to make money, Mm -hmm. right? So they hired a a writer. Okay. okay. Now, the idea, now, this particular writer, for the life of me, I can't fucking find his name, but. It'll come to you about seven o'clock tonight. That guy mm-hmm. was a, um, he wrote books. <laughs> like an author. <laughs> <laughs> like an author does, right? So he wrote books. No, but every book he wrote became movies. John Grisham. John Grisham. No. <laughs> you idiot. <sighs> John Grisham. <laughs> I, I swear to God, why can't I find stuff when I want it? Well, it's funny that why? you think you've got everything that you need, and then we get into these conversations. Yeah, and then and you're like, what the fuck? Ah, <laughs> uh, Christ in heaven. God doesn't love me. Uh, take another drink. It'll yeah. be all right. Oh. So anyway, whatever his name was, whatever, whatever. Okay, so the idea was they hired this this writer, okay, okay? And the writer was not allowed in 
to the court. Well, he wasn't allowed into the the prison. Right. When the lawyers went in there, he couldn't go in there and the lawyers right, and because, be in there with the lawyers asking questions and whatever. Because James Earl Ray was sequestered, right. and the only people that saw him was well, his not lawyers. Sequestered, but he was in solitary. Thank you. So the only people that could see him was his lawyer. So the lawyers right. brought questions in from the writer guy, and the only way he would accept the answers from Ray, this writer guy, is if it was in his handwriting. Now, by all accounts, sorry, by all accounts, his writing was very much not much to, you know, lacked a lot to be desired, right? On a very low level. Right. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, that's inconsequential. So the point of this was these lawyers, the Haynes daddy and, and son, mm-hmm. hired the writer because everything he's wrote book-wise became movies and he's made money. Mm-hmm. Right. So the idea was, look, you can have his story. We get X amount of percent. You get X amount of percent and Ray gets X amount of percent. Right. That's how they were going to get paid. OK. So then Foreman, not George, but the his 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 next lawyer would be Percy Eugene Foreman. OK. So he came in, convinced uh, Ray. Well, but but the funny thing about it was is is he actually came in telling Ray this this will be the easiest case I've ever tried. Right. This will be the easiest case I've ever argued. Right. And I don't need any money and I'm going to get you off because, I'm gonna, yeah. because they don't have shit on you. Right. Pretty much. Right. But by the time So he he in turn fired Haynes, right. the father and son duo, hired this guy and then go ahead. So by the time that it got closer to trial, he had actually convinced James Earl Ray to plead guilty. To ple- yeah, to make it easier. Right. Well, not to make it easier, because they were threatening James Earl Ray with the death penalty. Right. And basically, this guy came back and said, this is the easiest case. I got, I'm going to get you off. You need to plead guilty. <laughs> because, hear me out. You're gonna die. You're. They're gonna put you up for the death penalty, and I'm not sure I can get you off because you know what? You killed the the most. Yeah, sought act after activist and right. You know whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got you dead to rights. So even if you're innocent, you need to plead guilty just to get the death penalty off the off off the table. Right. So, so he pleads guilty. And, but even prior to that, he maintained his innocence. He maintained then his innocence. Then he pleaded in, or guilty, and then he's like, I didn't okay. do it. Three days after pleading guilty, he files an appeal right. and says, no, 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 I'm innocent, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Now, in the court system, most of the times, if you have an appeal that you go from a, a guilty plea to an innocent plea, right. the judge is going to allow it because blah, 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 whatever. You know, I mean, they're going to give you the opportunity because they don't want to go through... They don't want to seem like they're... they're Bias. Right. So they're going to give you the opportunity to prove your innocence, right? Right. Okay, so I believe the guy's name was uh, John Brown. Judge... Judge Brown? <laughs> Judge John Brown. No, no. What? Joe. Joe Brown. Joe? Joe. Joe what? Brown. Joe Brown. Jay Brown, I 
Dude. Huh. I got a better one for you. Dude. Why does that name sound familiar? Joe Brown? Why does Judge Joe Brown sound familiar? I don't know. When you were around 19 years old, Martin Luther King got assassinated. No, I was older than that. I was so a senior. Does the voice sound familiar? Okay, so you're about 22 or so? I was 21. 21. Okay, so you clearly remember as an adult the impact of that situation. Well, for me, that was a small impact. I wound up being the last judge hearing the James Earl Ray matter. Did he, in fact, assassinate Dr. Martin Luther King? And had he a black judge. not died and his local attorney not died in close succession, it would have been my finding that he was not the gunman. That Remington 760 Game Master they've got in the Civil Rights Museum is not the murder weapon. It's not even close. And it was a two-man hit team that killed him from the fire station dormitory. It On wasn't the, the flop house, and it wasn't in those bushes. So, yeah, I got into the deep details of Dr. King, and that three- or four-year period, that case was kicking around in front of me. So you're saying that the that James Earl Ray did not kill Martin Luther King? No, he Luther didn't kill Even, and see, even though most put, people, well, he was he convicted kill for him. it, right? He didn't kill him. Uh, it's interesting, the homicide file for the Memphis Police Department reaches the same conclusion back in 1968. Uh, they entered their file in protest to the DA's office. Their conclusion was Ray is not the gunman. He was not even in Memphis that day. We know conclusively where he was. So why do you think he got convicted for the murder? Well, he didn't get convicted. He pled guilty. You have to understand. All right. Who's Judge right. Joe Brown? Well, I, other than being the judge. You ever watch TV? See Judge Joe Brown on TV? Really? That's him. So, Judge. <laughs> <laughs> no, it can't be the same guy. I can't turn my computer. Come look. Understand. No, I'm, the I'm, news media put. Yeah. I'm saying, That's him. but Judge Joe Brown, that was to hear his appeal right before he was allowed to to rule on his appeal, right. died of a heart attack. No, no, no. His lawyer died. Uh, but they Ray's lawyer died. I saw that the judge died. That no. was going to grant the judge before Joe Brown died. Died. Yeah. So you had. A series of judges that um okay so it wasn't joe brown then. no 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 jo joe brown was on record as saying that he was going to free ray okay so so let me back up then so it wasn't joe brown somehow i got the name mixed up in there but the the judge that was going to allow his testimony what well, his non-guilty plea right was died of a heart attack i thought that was joe brown but no, i guess no, no. I, apparently i was wrong uh, guys, I feel like an idiot now. Well, because you are. Well, right. What are you looking for? Talking, talking type at the same time, so I'm gonna keep on stopping this. <laughs> Judge and jury. <laughs> Ray Earl. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're an idiot. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought I had this. I, I know I have it here somewhere. I just got to find it. So Judge W. Preston Battle of Shelby County Criminal Court was actually the judge that was going to oversee James Earl Ray's petition uh, for to file for not guilty. Right. And right as he was seeing over that, he actually died of a heart attack five days later. Right. So they had to... Um, there was another judge that came in. God bless him. <laughs> After Judge Battle, uh, Judge Battle died, his successor, Arthur C. Faquin, Faquin denied Mr. Ray's request. The Tennessee Supreme Court also rejected it, saying Mr. Ray knowingly and intelligently pleaded guilty and had voluntarily waived his right to appeal. <laughs> right. But then... Sorry, so, I just had the wrong judge. Well, okay, so speaking about Pepper, we mentioned his name. What William, was Pepper. William Pepper. William Pepper. Now, who is he and what is he? Okay, so William Pepper was actually a journalist. He was he was friends with Dr. King, um, and he was actually the one that was trying to persuade him into running. For president. For president. Right. Okay. Uh, now, little known fact, his dad was a doctor. Dr. Pepper? Right. Okay. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to say that. Go ahead. So, um, William Pepper has went on, uh, anybody that's followed this case knows William Pepper. He's went on to write, like, I think two, two or three books on the MLK assassination. And I'm going to tell you, some of his stuff, especially his latest book, really kind of goes deep, in, deep, 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 as far as, and kind of like I was telling you this morning. Right. Kind of goes in in places that I'm not quite prepared to go to. Okay, <laughs> but he essentially says, and and he actually held kind of like a mock trial, right? Right, a mock trial that was aired by HBO, right? That had legitimate judges, had state's attorneys. It Everything. wasn't like it was actors. No, 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 no. And in the jury had a legitimate jury, right? Uh, Ray was, testified. Right, but it was not a certified... Right, it wasn't... It was just whatever. Right. Go ahead. No, go ahead. And they... Well, they, they, <laughs> they held this trial, and they found after four weeks of testimony and one hour of deliberation, the jury in the wrongful... De because this is the... This is kind of the case that the family... Piggybacked off of, right? Right. Well, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe I'm missing... No, you're right. No, because this was an actual legitimate uh, um, court case. You talking about the family? Yeah. Yeah, the family actually sued, but I'm the, saying they, the used the, sued, but they, used, they used the stuff found in this case to use in their case. Found that there was a conspiracy. To commit murder on, their, on, on her husband. Right. So the family actually took that rule, not ruling, but... but the evidence and the stuff evidence that was used. whatever, yeah. And they took it back to trial. And it says, after four weeks of testimony and one hour of deliberation, the jury in the wrongful death case 
that found Lloyd Jowers, which is somebody we haven't talked right. about. He was the bar owner of Jim's Bar and Grill. Right. Um, I don't know how much you know about Lloyd Jowers and what he had to say. He actually had some uh, stuff come out during that trial. Right. As well as others, including government agencies, had been part of the conspiracy. The jury awarded the King family the damage they had sought of $100. Now, they only sought $100. Thousand. No, it was $100. Oh, I thought they said it was 1000 to cover the cost of the funeral. $100 because they said they do not want this to be about money. They didn't want the, they didn't want the general public to think we're only seeking this out for money. So right. we're only going to sue them for $100. Okay. The point is we want to prove that there was a conspiracy by the US government to kill to kill Martin Luther King. Right. And they proved it. And in the mock trial, right. even though it was a mock trial whatever, he was found innocent. You had now but in the civil suit that the family he, they found that there was a, a con government conspiracy to kill Dr. Martin Luther King. King. Right. They were awarded the $100, which they donated to charity, and then they continue on their fight now. But the thing about that is the mock trial mm -hmm. and the civil suit, you never heard about. You never heard about it. Well, and, never, and furthermore, furthermore, for it to be on HBO, which right. is a yeah main situation, it wasn't like it was when HBO first was breaking around, as it was in the late nineties, right? So, also William Pepper mm -hmm. was a lawyer. Yes, he was Ray's final lawyer. Yes, do you know who he, else was, he was also a lawyer for the King family? Do you know who else he was a lawyer for? Bobby Brown. Mm -mm. No, who? Afterwards, we covered the case. Sirhan, Sirhan. Hmm. Interesting. But I think the thing about it is he was um, King's friend. He wasn't just a random lawyer. No. So, okay, and, and this is the way I'll put it like this. Right. You and I are friends, right? Are right. We? Right, buddy? <laughs> hey, where are you going? Whatever. <laughs> I'm out of here. Fuck you. If someone were to kill you, or if you were to die, I should say, by, you know, one of these guns up here. Oh. <laughs> this one right here. What's the oh, what are you doing, buddy? <laughs> this is radio. <laughs> you hear that? That's my whiskey gun. You ready? Open up. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it. Anyway. And we think, you know, Bob Johnson killed Chris. Right. Would I, as your friend, be like, I'm going to defend Bob Johnson because I don't think he did it. My point is, is. The he felt some kind of way, right? Enough. The mass hysteria, the 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 world view of of Ray was that he killed King. Period. Point blank. But this guy felt enough of the evidence to say that he didn't think that Ray right. did this to the point where he defended him, right? Mm -hmm. Well, not even that he just defended him. The King's, family, King's family, right? Defended him, and it's it's amazing as you go into these things that. I personally think this, and I don't know if we want to close it out here. Do you have anything else earth-shattering that we need to talk about? I did want to bring up one little offshoot thing Go ahead. at the very end, but Go no, ahead. no, 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 no. Well, this, no this has nothing to do with nothing. It's just a very nothing random, nothing. well, it's a very <laughs> random odd fact of around the King assassination. Okay. Well, so I mean, I'm going to base it around this. Did... 
<laughs> I was going to call him Earl, Earl, Earl Ray James, but that's not right. James Earl Jones. Did he kill <laughs> Martin Luther? <laughs> King, <laughs> I am your assassin. No? No. Okay. James Earl Ray. All right. Did he kill Dr. Martin Luther King? I say no. I'm going to say he killed King about as much as Oswald killed Kennedy. So, no. And uh, <laughs> was he involved? I would say he was involved. But yes. I, w- I would say he was involved he less. Was, he was involved like Oswald was. He I would was, say he was involved less than Oswald. Yeah, I think Yeah, you're probably right. Because I think he was probably more less intelligent exactly. than Oswald. Mm-hmm. He was an easy mark. Mm-hmm. Because he was a dumb criminal, mm-hmm. and I would say in, hey, in the grand, even, I would say in the grand scheme criminal. of things, he was a dumb escaped convict. Right. Well, I would say in the grand scheme of things, he had no idea what was going on. He was told to buy a gun. He bought a gun. He was supposed to meet here. He met here, and that was that. And to the point, I'm going to ask you this real quick, and and we should have brought this up earlier. If you escape from prison, right, on a 20 year sentence, right. Like you are. He's right here. He's right here. No, I mean, you're escape convict. 20-year sentence. Keep saying that. Is the first thing you're going to do is, is to seek down the mo- or seek out the most popular civil rights leader <laughs> in, a, in America to try to assassinate because right. your hatred of the black race is so strong that you're going to escape from prison. Right. And instead of self-preservation, you're going to seek out to kill this guy just to go back to prison for the rest of your life. Right. You escape from prison to kill a guy, so you'll go back to prison for the rest of your life. So you know. <laughs> right. Does that make sense? No, it doesn't. And that's the thing. Did That's why I even lean back to the part of him escaping from prison. He's not a mastermind by any stretch of imagination. How in the fuck did he... Well, managed to break out of prison. And that's where I think a lot of the ties that I was telling you that I wasn't quite prepared to go into, I think fall in. I think this is a lot bigger than what we think it is. I think this was a lot bigger operation than what we think it was. Right. It wasn't just that J. Edgar Hoover thought he needed to die. This so, wasn't a J. Edgar Hoover thing. Let me ask you a question. And I, this and wasn't I, a Lyndon B. Johnson. And I'm going to plead stupid right here. Okay. Stupid. Was Hoover uh, FBI when Kennedy was killed? Yes. Okay. So he was president, or I'm sorry, he was uh, FBI yes. guy when, when Kennedy was killed, mm-hmm. King was killed, mm-hmm. the other Kennedy was killed, mm-hmm. the Watergate scandal. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> but deep down in the bowels of the puppet masters, mm-hmm. Who was in control of all of this? That would be the ultimate question. Like I said, I have the answer. Who are you ready? George. This Bush. will probably get me killed. George, George W. Bush. Right. You can connect everything back <laughs> to the Bush family, and I invite you guys to go check out the Bush crime family. <laughs> Seven parts that I did. Oh. <laughs> Twenty thousand parts that I did. I did seven thousand. Okay. I I would ask the question. I'm telling you. Where where he, was George? W. Bush on the day that Martin Luther King was assassinated. You can link him back 
to JFK. Mm-hmm. There's talk about him with RFK. Mm-hmm. There's talk about him with the uh, Watergate scandal, because I brought that up in one of the episodes, where he was supposed to be placed as the vice president for Nixon, and Nixon's like, fuck that. I seen what he did to JFK. I ain't having him here, because he's going to be president by hook or crook. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mostly by crook. No, no, I'm talking well, Bush. <laughs> no, I'm talking about Nixon. Well, I'm talking about Bush. But Nixon didn't want him in there. <laughs> right. Well, See, but, but here's but, the thing about Watergate. <laughs> Hour number three, here we go. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the D-Town Marathon. <laughs> here's the thing about Watergate. Uh-huh. Refill. We'll be right back. No. The thing about Watergate is, allegedly, mm-hmm. okay, what was Watergate about? We know the basis. Watergate was a hotel in D.C. Uh, they found files what were the files of? Did Do we ever know that answer? So, allegedly, do you know what those files contained? What? I'll reminisce you back to the future where Marty came in the DeLorean. Doc Brown. Gag suits. <laughs> oh. No, to Mar-a-Lago and Trump okay. and the FBI. Okay. Right? What was that all about? We don't know. Whatever, whatever. Rumor has it that what they broke into Watergate for was he, Nixon, had the files on the JFK assassination. And he was going to blow the lid. Nixon? Nixon. On the next D-Tom show. I'm just saying, that's something I heard. I kind of caught that. I was like, what the fuck? But it, okay, if, hear me out. Let me ask you. Yeah, we're off of JFK or uh, Martin Luther King of a day. We're, we're, we're on to a whole other situation. <laughs> no, no, four years later. No, we're not because we're. No, this we're all not. loops back around because I would say the mid '60s to mid early '80s was a fucked up time in this country for politicians. Okay. And it all centered around one motherfucking person, George Bush. Because hear me out. We can link George Bush to JFK. We can link him to RFK. Mm -hmm. Okay. If, if he had something to do with JFK, let's assume for shits and giggles, he orchestrated that whole thing. Him and Alan Dulles, whatever. Right? Because we even made that connection when we did the JFK files, right? The X, the DTOM files. Um, Dulles was fired by JFK. Ipso opso ended up being the lead, whatever in the investigator in the, investigator in the Warren Commission, Warren Commission mm-hmm. conveniently enough. Right. Um, if Bush had something to do with Kennedy being killed, whether he was the trigger man or just said, "You go here, you go there. This is what we're going to do." Hold right. on. No, no, I agree. And if he had something to do with this, and if he had something to do with Robert Kennedy being killed, then. If, according to the research I found that I did on the DTOM or that I did on the Bush crime family show, that he was supposed to have been nominated vice president for uh, Nixon mm-hmm. with Nixon instead of Spiro Agnew, it was supposed to be Nixon Bush. And then he did. And Nixon get- was like, no, because I know what that motherfucker did to Kennedy. And then Nixon gets wrapped up in the Watergate. So well, well. Yeah, I mean, essentially, that's what happened, but. You could probably argue the fact that Nixon didn't choose Bush because in Nixon's mind, he felt that Bush 
wanted to be president so bad that if he said, okay, Bush, you're going to be my vice president, and then they win, <laughs> magically enough, Nixon he, gets killed. Right. Because it's not like they didn't try it in 1980. Hmm. Or 81, I guess it was. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because the same scenario that Nixon, hold on, that Nixon portrayed was going to happen to him if he took Bush as a vice president happened to Reagan. And then for penalty for not picking him to be his vice president, magically the Watergate scandal happened. So let me ask you this. And, and this is completely off. You're right. We're off him, okay, apparently. Sorry. <laughs> James O'Reilly didn't do it. It was Bush. What? And I, I think I've asked you this question. What made Bush think he couldn't be president without being vice president? Without, then, like, sneaking in the right, back door. Right. I don't know. Is I, it because you know, they would dig into his past? I, I think that's it. I think that the people in the know, right, knew what the Bush family was about. You go back to Preston and you go back to, I can't think of the name, George, I think it was prior to Preston, the oh, uh, great-grandpappy. Um, Sheldon, anyway, the, the great-grandpa. Yeah. Um, who started the Remington Company. <laughs> Did you say Remington? Yeah, right. Like Remington. Like the uh, Remington rifle that killed the king. Huh. But anyway, story for another day. Oh, wait. No, we talked about it earlier. <laughs> it's for today. Hour number 10. No. But I swear to God, it's like, could he run on his own and be president? Probably not because people start but, digging and people would find out. But then he did. But he, but because Reagan did such a great job, it was like automatic. Because it's like he won the second time around. He only did one term. So he rode the coattails of Reagan. Yeah. See, Reagan, he tried to take out Reagan to become president, right, in 81. I mean, because <laughs> Reagan wasn't president in two months. You know, he was inaugurated in, in January and shot in March. You know what I'm saying? And Reagan, in the meantime, <laughs> who killed Re or who tried to kill Reagan? John Hinckley Jr. <laughs> and where was his brother? Right? We talked about this, right? Right. He was hanging out with uh, George's brother, right? Right. So, hmm, I'm just saying there's too many dots that connect everything back to the Bush, to family. The Bush family. And then you fast forward to today. You know, you look at the, the uh, notes at George Bush's funeral. You look at the, when Hillary lost the election. You look at the little things, right? And, and forget that Trump won, you know. I don't know. I just think there's a lot to do with this Bush family. And I think they're losing their control because Jeb's a fucking idiot. W has already ran and been president for two terms. Who else do you got? They're trying to push the fuck out of the other brother. I can't even think of his name. He's the attorney. Neil? Yeah, he's the attorney general, I think, in Texas. Mm -hmm. But he looks like he crossed the border with some of these other motherfuckers. He don't even look. I mean, it's like, where did he come from? Have you seen him? I'm not trying to be racist, but the Bush family's from Kennebunkport, Maine, right? Jeb's from England. Wait, what? You didn't know that. Where'd Neil come from? He's Spanish as fuck. 
Mi gusto es Neil. What? Oh, I'm uh, I'm Neil. Uh, yo, I'm I mean I'm Neil. My name's Neil. Yeah, I'm just I'm just saying. There's a lot of shit with the Bush family. Those people are going away. Daddy Bush died. W's already been president. Jeb's a fucking moron. So they turn their sights on the Clinton family, which will be the next series coming up on the D-Tom, on the D-Tom show, guys. Mm-hmm. Bill's already been president twice, so you got to focus on Hillary. She's not a fucking spring chicken. That makes you wonder, what the fuck? All you hear on the news, who's going to run for president? Who's going to run for Democratic president in 24? Because they're not even... Because they're not even focused Biden. Biden doing it, right? It's like, who we got? <laughs> well, you got a fucking Biden's president. Like, president. Right here. I got it. <laughs> oh, shit. I pooped in my pants, but I got it. So anyway, who we got? He just turned 80, right? Right? So is it going to be Trump? Is it, Yeah. <laughs> Is it going to be Trump? Is it going to be DeSantis? We know it's going to be one of them, right? Well. Who's running on the other side? They're fucking flipping the fuck out right now. Okay, well. Our number 12. Well. I don't know. I I didn't mean to get in a whole other tangent. No, I mean. But think about it. Bush. I think the common denominator is I, the Bush I get, family. I get what you're saying about the Bush and and <laughs> yeah. the, Bu- the Bush family. Oh, oh I, I should say. <laughs> I get what you're saying about that Bush. Oh yeah. But as I was telling you this morning, is it bigger? Oh, I'm sure than it's the bigger. Bushes? It is bigger than the Bushes. Here's the scenario. I mean, oh, technically, God, do I want to say this? Go ahead. We're, we're 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 doing Martin Luther King Jr. Do we do we really want to go into this? Do we we can, really want to talk about. You it? want to tease it? it? Tease it? <laughs> tease the bush a little bit. <laughs> Morning. <laughs> Morning. How's it going? Four. Look, I asked you this question. Okay. You did the Bush series, right? Not NASCAR, but Bush family series, I got you. right? And I asked you. Do you think, and I laid it out to, there are certain families that are laid out to be put in control. So let's take Queen Elizabeth and the royal family. The the Windsor. Well, the Astor 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 family. family. Thank you. Okay. They're put in control of England. Right. The Bush family's put in control of. Well, technically, the Bush family is a subsection of another family. Oh, I get the Rock- that. Well, the Rockefellers, but, but I get that. But, right, but right, right. the the U.S. is considered to be an offshoot of right, right, England, right. right? Right. Yeah. Because although we gained our independence for England, did we? <laughs> did we really? <laughs> did we? <laughs> okay. So that's yet another story for another day. Right. That's another conspiracy for another <laughs> D Tom show. Right. Um, we but, are still part of England. <laughs> All right. But I'm asking you, is it kind of like the head of are the bushes it's a thir- it, it's a 13 headed snake. By the bushes we know not, you don't your last name doesn't have to be Bush no. to be part of the Bush family. Right. Are the bushes like the over, I mean your overseers. last your last name could be Obama. <laughs> Still be part of the Bush family. Or Clinton. Now they're part of the Russells. <laughs> 
but still part right. of the. I mean, Obama's. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But but what I'm saying is, you're the caretaker. Right. We've put you in charge of this land over here. Right. You're to oversee this land. We want you to achieve these said goals. Right. God, this is so far off MLK, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> the queen, you're over this set of land. It's king now, right? Whatever. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Though. Right. You're over this set of land. Um, whoever's in charge of... You know, Russia, China, Russia, China. gotcha, right. Russia. Hmm. No one. You're in charge of this land. Right. Am I? Yeah, Putin's like, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see your Kazarian Mafia and kick you out. How's okay. that sound? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I just can't help but think I see the conspiracy from JFK. Right. I see the conspiracy from MLK. I see the conspiracy from even John Lennon. Right. I see the conspiracy from those angles of people that they looked at and was like, these people can make things happen. They can rally. They're exactly... The masses. They're exactly what they're afraid of. The elite, they're exactly what the elite are afraid can happen. They can rally the masses to set their mind towards a certain goal. And if it's not the goal that we control, if it's not the narrative that we control, because another thing that we didn't talk about with Martin Luther King that probably really aided in him getting killed, he came out and spoke against the Vietnam War. Right. And we know that Johnson was a big proponent of the, Vietnam, of the War. Vietnam War. But he came out in a speech that was not supposed to be about the Vietnam War. Right. Was about the Vietnam War and about us sending our young soldiers over and sending our people to be killed in a war that we shouldn't have even been in. I'm just saying. No, no, no. I got Kennedy, I got something I wanted to talk about, MLK. Kennedy, Kennedy said the same thing. Bobby Kennedy said the same thing. How is it that three motherfuckers that said the same exact thing, we need hmm. to be looking for peace. Four. We do not. If you if you want to throw Lenin well, in that group. if you want to throw Lenin in there. But, I, but I'm saying three people during the Vietnam War era right. saying the same exact thing. We do, Kennedy, we're not going to war. Right. <laughs> Martin Luther King and Bobby Kennedy saying we don't need well, to be at Martin war. Martin Luther King was like, you're putting poor... Children, not necessarily yeah. black, but yeah, yeah, white yeah. and black. Yeah. In these situations. Yeah. And Bobby Kennedy was like, We're getting out. We need to get the fuck out. Right. Because no. we have no business being there anyway. Right. And then who did they elect over King over uh Kennedy? Who was who was a president instead of when Bobby got killed? Who who won? Was that Ford? No, it wasn't Ford. Who Oh, Nixon. Nixon. So you have Nixon who fucking backstabs the family. Then Ford is it? Fuck! You have to ask these. I questions. think it was Ford. You have to ask these questions. I think it went F Nixon, Ford, Carter. You have to ask these questions. Because I mean, Nixon wasn't. It's not like he was only president for a minute, and then he got the shit happened. It was he was in there for a little while. 
<laughs> Hang on. Gerald Ford was after Richard Nixon. Hey, I was right. Hey, look at you. So you had Nixon, idiot. Ford, idiot. Carter, idiot. <laughs> Ronald Reagan, <laughs> shot. <laughs> <laughs> then the bullshit starts. Bush, Clinton, Bush, Obama. <laughs> oh, shit. Trump made Trump. it in. <laughs> oh, God. Trump. What the fuck? <laughs> he fucked it all up. Back to Clint. Oh, I mean Biden. back back to Martin Luther King. Circle back. We're doing a Gen Saki. Okay. I wanted to mention this earlier. Sorry. So he was shot by James Earl Ray, right? No. <laughs> no. I, I talked to you about this earlier. Doctor Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King. Right. Graduated from school Morehouse. somewhere. Yeah. Morehouse. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got his BA at Morehouse, went to another school and got his doctorate. I don't know what that school is right now. I do know because I looked at it earlier and shock to uh, find out that uh, I forgot. I know that comes as a complete shock. But it was a school. But he did go to school. Right. And get his doctorate. That gives it. That gives a degree. Right. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. 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 Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you know. Right. Boston University. Right, he got his PhD at BU for for seminary. It was seminary. Th- seminary. Seminary. Semen. Seminary. I have no idea. He okay. This is the schools he went to. He went to uh, where did he go? Morehouse College. Okay. He got his bachelor's. Okay. He went to Crozer. Theological Seaman School, se- seminary, seminary. I'm sorry, school. Mm-hmm. and got something there. And he went to Boston University for his PhD. And I don't know. It doesn't say. God, what do you bug me with these facts? Yeah, it doesn't say. <clears throat> Wikipedia dropped the ball once again. Anyway, point being well, is this: when he was in school, right, mm-hmm. he joined a fraternity. <laughs> Mm. Here we go. Here we go. Mm-hmm. He was part of mm-hmm. Alpha McGillicuddy Jones McGillicuddy. It was like a law firm. He was part of, fuck, I had it here earlier. Alpha, Alpha Phi Alpha. Okay. Now, if you guys recall, uh, in the Boulet societies, parts of one and two. Boulet, Boulet. No, that's Wooly Boulet. This is Bully. Boulet. Watch me now. No, you don't want to watch him. Okay, so if you recall, the Boulet started Sigma Pi Phi, right? Okay. So there's the Divine Nine. Okay. Wait, now, wait, 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 wait. What? Wait, wait, wait. Didn't I just tell you that a certain somebody was. God, who was that? Mm-hmm. Alpha. No, it was from Sigma Pi Phi. Yeah, yeah. You told me about it, and I was like, "Yeah, that's the bull A." Yeah, who was? I can't that? recall who who used who we were talking about that day because you know it's time we don't talk every fucking day. But anyway, let me finish my thought. Please. So, Divine Nine is the original nine black fraternities based around 
the the uh, Sigma Pi Phi fraternity that started this the uh, Boule Society. Now there's there's uh, fraternities and sororities. So for those of you who don't know, fraternities, men, sororities, women's. Oddly enough, <laughs> Alpha Kappa Alpha is one of those. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's a little inside baseball there to one of our bosses. Anyway, mm. uh, these people that belong to these particular fraternities, because it's not like if you're a black person in college, you have to join one of these fraternities. You can join, I don't know all the fraternities, you can join a white fraternity. It doesn't matter. You know, it's like you're all, oh, you're black, you got to join one of those. Right. You can join Lambda, Lambda, Lambda. Right. Yeah. Or Delta, Mu. Omega Mu. Omega Mu, yeah. God, we're old. <laughs> you are old. I don't even know what you're talking about now. But anyway, so um, <laughs> so Alpha Phi Alpha was one of the Boule Divine Nine. So my question is this, or my thought is this. Is it possible, hear me out, that, and this kind of fast forwards to today with Kanye and and Kyrie Irving and these popular pop culture, I guess I should say, people, whether they're athletes or, or music or whatever. You know the stuff that's going on with Kanye and Kyrie, right? Mm-hmm. So is it possible or probable that Dr. King, graduating college, getting his doctorate, which I'm assuming was in semen school. Sem- what's it called? Seminary. Seminary. Um, I'm just, I'm guessing that's probably what it was in, right? That he was a part of this fraternity. Now, mind you, he didn't join the fraternity when he was in Morehouse. He didn't join that fraternity until he was in Boston University. So he had already done five years of, of college, before he joined this this particular group of people. So is it possible that he joined this fraternity, they kind of saw the writing on the wall, let's say, right? Knew that this guy was meant for bigger things and he was going to be able to lead a people, right? You, you sleep over there? He's asleep. Then my theory is with Boulay Society members and other Illuminati people is they're introduced to the society, right? Mm-hmm. You're given the keys to the kingdom, so to speak. But you need to do us a favor. Now, is it possible that Dr. King was told these things? We're going to give you the ability to be able to lead a people, do these things, but... This is what we're going to need from you. And maybe he was like, cool, right? But when he was at the mountaintop and he seen the other side and saw the promised land, was like, nope, that's not for me. I want to be with Jesus. And he changed his mind, so to speak. Could that have led to his killing? And I say that in the sense of, look at the things that's going on with Kyrie and, I'm sorry, Kanye 
and Kyrie, mm-hmm. right? Now, they're not being assassinated physically with a, with a gun, at least not yet, hopefully. But they're being assassinated through the media, through business ventures. You know what I'm saying? Is there a, is there a chance that Kanye... Like, my philosophy on One Hit Wonders is this. Kanye's first album was Fire, okay? Then he kind of... He didn't really fade, but he wasn't really relevant. And then all of a sudden, he blew up, okay? And I say this. I always joke to you about One Hit Wonders. Is it a situation, and whether they're white or black, whatever, is it a situation where these people, you know, you hear the term, sold their soul to the devil. Well, what if the devil isn't the devil that we think of, but the devil is the Illuminati. We see pictures of the, what's it called, the right right eye club or left eye club or... Yeah, left eye. Left eye club, kind of like left eye Lopez, and then what happens? She comes out, she leaves the left eye Lopez, and then magically enough, she dies. Mm-hmm. Aaliyah, same thing, she dies. Mm-hmm. Kobe, same thing, he dies. Is it? Could it possibly be that that Martin Luther King said, "No, this isn't for me." Okay, you got to die. Whether it was James Earl Ray or a combination of of all the above, which would still lead you to the conspiracy aspect. Whether Ray was involved by him, he, obviously, to be a conspiracy, it's got to be what two or more people. Right. So obviously we can we can safely say that Ray didn't act alone. Whether he even acted period I could even I feel comfortable in saying that I don't think he had anything to do with it other than kind of being there, playing the part. Or he was set up for the part. Right. Well, yeah. But I'm just saying I think it's interesting like <laughs> with these with these people that are pop icons, whatever, whether they play sports or music or whatever. Uh, the only one that's kind of held strong so far is Kanye. Even even Kyrie's like, okay, I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? Right. Even though he didn't really, I mean, he didn't do shit compared to what he didn't say anything. Kanye did. No, he didn't. You know, and I don't want to get too deep into either of those individuals because really that is a show for another day. Because hmm. I don't even want to go down the road of Kanye. I do. Right, I do want to go down the road. Right. I just we're approaching yeah. three hours here. I don't right. think today is the day for that, unless you're not going home today. I'm not going home today. All right, so let's get a refill. Yeah. Let's do this. <laughs> hey, Kanye West. <laughs> no, I yeah, I agree. And <laughs> the julian and julian <laughs> Damn, I can't even say the word. Illuminati. Julianati. Jul- <laughs> Well, here's what I told you it's a this morning. It's a and you were right. We don't, we don't, on show days, we generally don't talk a whole lot because it tends to come down on the, the banter between The spontaneity. Us. Right, 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 between us. So, and I told you this morning because we've had discussions in the past right. about that very thing. And I told you, and I said you, not you. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I told you that there were some 
ties and strings that I'm not ready to talk about. Right. That. Were you scared? Not scared, but just I don't know enough about it to to speak on it. To speak on it. Right. But it's like Jesus. If this is the truth, and then I'm, it's like I see other things, and it's like everything I see now circles or, circles back, or has a tie. It's right. like a, it's like a it's like a string. It's like like you've seen you you've watched plenty of um, like cop shows, and it's like they have a picture of the person. So like you're here in the center, but then they got a string here, and they got a string here, and they got right, a string here. You got all the ties right. to that. person. And it's like everything circles back to this person, and and that's what I'm saying. Except it's more like this particular thing is right in the center. <laughs> what What's that? <laughs> oh, you're doing the diamond cutter. Okay. And then... Uh, so you give me the Illuminati <laughs> symbol. And then... Um, <laughs> it's, it's like all the strings come away from this one particular... Situation. Situation. And it's like... Jesus. Is it, is it really... Because it seems so outlandish, but then at the same time, you look at it and you're like, "Well, it's it it it, it there are the ties there." Well, it's like I told you. There early, are the ties there. Well, it's like what, I told you I earlier told you today. This? It's like to the average person, to the okay, I'll dumb it down to this: to our wives, okay, they don't see what we see now. We can have a conversation with them, and they they might be like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I see, I see what you're talking about." But for them to see it on their own, not so much. So, how many people in this country, this world, whatever, that don't that are kind of like our wives? Me and you belong to a very, very, very small group of individuals. Well, I, I will say it. It's like the conspiracy that we talked about today. Right. We look at it on the surface level. Right. We're looking at it on this level. But then if you really want to get to the ties of it and see where it originates, if we really want to talk about the people that are the, you want to call it the quote-unquote masterminds of the um, plot. Right. And you could say this about JFK. You could say this about MLK. You could say this about Bobby Kennedy. You could say this about maybe what's going on in the world today. If you want to look at where it all originates from, it's like it's a it's a far different scope. It's like you being able to see. And I mean, forgive me. I'm sorry. It's like you being able to look and you see the earth. Right. And the difference is, is okay, the conspiracy is the earth. The James Earl Ray... Are we doing this? No, 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 no. (laughs) This will be whatever. This is my opinion. Okay. And this is strictly my opinion. The opinions of Chris (laughs) Conn. The difference between being able to look at a JFK and saying it was just the government that killed JFK. Right. It was the government that killed uh, MLK. It was the government that killed Bobby Kennedy. It was the government that tried to kill Ronald Reagan. Right. Is like pulling out the scope and looking at the Earth. And pulling out the scope and looking at the galaxy. You see what I'm saying? Looking at the universe. 
Right. It's the difference between the two. There's a there's a bigger picture right. than the one that even most people think that they have of said situation. And but why is that? Because most people are told well, because what the picture is. Because <laughs> the greatest trick the devil ever pulled it proved that he wasn't real. Is to convince you that he wasn't real. Right. Yeah. So the I'm sorry, what was that? Uh I now I'm gonna get up and walk out. Limp limp out. That was Kevin Spacey there who, you, go. you know, went to diddle kids. Anyway. <laughs> You're uh, going to diddle kids. <laughs> anyway. Right. No, no, no. But I'm just saying. I, I think most people think they're on something when they, they get the conspiracy of JFK was killed by George Bush and 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 the Joint Chiefs and the right. and whoever Dulles and, and Dulles and but who is the person that's above George Bush? Who's the push? Who's is the person pulling? Who who put the orders out? George Schiff's. I mean George Bush's <laughs> strings. Right. Because there's always a bigger fish. Right. Who's pulling those strings? Right. And who's pulling their strings? So we talk about today. Are you referring to Satan? No, I'm just talking about. <laughs> I'm just saying. We talk about today. We talk about Biden. Okay, let's just say Biden. Huh? We talk about Biden's strings are being pulled by, let's say, Zelensky. <laughs> or whoever. You're right. Somebody's in charge of Biden. Right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. We talk about Zelensky. We talk about Soros. Well, there's somebody pulling Soros' strings because he's not the guy because his name is too fucking mainstream to be the guy. Right. Because he's in the fucking light. For as much as he's in the dark, he's in the light. Right. For even as though much he's as he the, wants to be not even, known, he's yeah, known. Even though he's the name that shall not be named. He, and even as much as we want to say the fucking Rothschilds or maybe pulling the strings of Soros. Well, that's why I think... But their name is too much in the fucking light. Right, and I think that's where it dives deeper into the 13 bloodlines because there's 13 names on that list. But who's even pulling their strings? Because there's a list that has their names on it. Right. Because even as much as they're in the dark... And and I say it goes back to the Kazarian Mafia because... Where are you going? (laughs) Microphone's like, I'm done. The, the, The fact is, is whoever is the ultimate puppet master is the person that you don't even know. No. You don't even know his name. You don't even know he exists. If you know they exist, then that's not the ultimate. That's not the, 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 the whatever. That's not the, the king. That's not right. the Everyone else, ultimate Everyone else is a player. Everybody else is just a player right. in his game. Who is that person? So I guess, well, yeah. It's Satan versus God. Who's God's warriors versus who's Satan's warriors? Well, Are we God's warriors? I'm just saying, if you know their name, they're not high enough up on the food chain. Right. No one knows us, but maybe we're real high up on the food chain. You ever think about that? Hmm. Mm. We're basically archangels. <laughs> because we're warriors. <laughs> so, Right. Just saying. I'll, I'm going to be Loki. I, can need, I need a new body. 
Now I may just need some angel dust. Wait, right. I don't think that came so, out right. right. So, woo! <laughs> 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 All right, here we go. <laughs> We're so killing people. No, I'm. All right. So where are we at? You good? I'm good. Uh, like I said, I I think I'm as far as as I'm prepared to go. I think we, I think we know 100 percent without a fact. Oh, without a doubt. Um, <laughs> without, without, without a fact. Well, without we, facts. We, and without we know without a fact or information that James O'Reilly had nothing to do with this. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. No, I, I think it's been proven. And even in the so-called mock trial and even in the civil and even, trial. Yeah, civil. Yeah. I think it's been proven that, that there was some culpability culpability of the government. That's the, the whiskey government. talking. That's the whiskey talking. That's culpability. <laughs> whatever. I'm still with within my faculties. <laughs> Fuckles. Um, <laughs> Fuckles. Did you say faculties? <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you lost your train of thought. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> I think without a doubt, it's been proven that James Earl Ray was not... The lone gunman, the so lone to speak. gunman, the Lee Harvey Oswald, the Sirhan <laughs> Sirhan of the. But th- they weren't either. But they were portrayed <laughs> I, to be. I know. What I'm saying. Yeah. Well, they all were. Right. But I think as we've as we've proven on the other ones, right. I think there's enough doubt there to say that they were involved in some un- frame or fashion, but not necessarily the sole proprietor right. of the situation. And, and the unfortunate thing is, is, and not that James Earl Ray was a good guy. Obviously, he committed various crimes right. that landed him in prison, that made him a target of whoever. But unfortunately, he died in prison. And, I mean, probably... We'll never get to the ultimate truth. No. Like I've, I've said this time and time again, we're never going to know the truth. We can sit here and do a three-hour podcast and say what we believe believe is the truth. Right. And it may be the truth. It, we might be fucking crazy as shit. Probably are. <laughs> but <laughs> we're never going to know because, like I've said time and time again, history is written by the winners. Well, and until we're the winners, this is the history that we're given. And hopefully, people are still listening to this because I, no, I do want to tuned out probably probably a long time two and ago. And, hours I, ago. and I know you need to you need to get off here, but no, <laughs> no, all right. So I wanted to throw in this last little bit, and I was telling my daughter about this yesterday because I know she won't listen. <laughs> so Aww. I told you I had something way off base that dealt with the MLK. Let me ask you a question. You're not a very movieistic type person. I'm saying that right. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. I saw a grown-up studio the other day. Great <laughs> flick. Great flick. So there was a movie. 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 Called The Mothman Prophecies. Oh, shit. I saw that movie. Did you actually see it? No. no you didn't. Okay. <laughs> so it actually starred Richard Gere. But did you know that that movie was... That's Pretty Woman. Yeah, that's the last movie I saw with him in it. <laughs> it was Let's Officer you know. and a Gentleman. I no, that wasn't that. it either. The Mothman. Mothman Prophecies. Okay, so okay. he he played a moth. <laughs> no, he did not. Okay. It was actually based on a book called The Mothman Prophecies. Interesting Sh- how they made that stretch. <laughs> Shockingly enough. The so movie hold on, was... hold on. They made a movie called The Mothman Prophecies based off a book called... But it was... The Mothman the Prophecies. The movie was... Was loosely based off the book. 
Okay. Okay, the book was named exactly the same, but loosely translated. Absolutely. Gotcha. Based off a book by John Keel called The Mothman Prophecies. It was written in the 70s. He's having a stroke right now. God, 70... Ish. Just go with that. 78. I'm thinking it's late 70s. 78, 77, somewhere around there. It could have even been 72. Fuck, I don't know anymore. I've seen so many dates, it's... (laughs) Anyway. 1962. You were wrong. Right. Needless to say, and and think what you want, and I hope you're not tuning out just because I mentioned the name John Keel, because John Keel is known in the UFO circles. He's known as an esoteric. He's kind of like a a um, Alex Jones, if you speak, but without being the <laughs> the um, integrity, I guess you would say, of a journalist. <laughs> He wrote for the, I, I believe it was the Washington Post. Kind of. Okay. He was like a contributor. Like an opinion. Yeah. Like right. a contributor. Okay. So anyways, very much into the esoteric. Well, John Keel wrote this book, and contrary to the movie, if you've seen it, there were no prophecies given during the Mothman sightings in, in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. And hopefully I keep you awake long enough <laughs> to talk about this. But um, needless to say, he got in contact with this lady. Fucking, if it wasn't three hours into a J, uh, MLK show, I could have told you her name. Uh, uh, Some Piro. God bless it. Janine Piro. No. No. Don't worry about it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> uh, God. Maybe if I hit the right buttons on the computer, it'll work. It'll work. Jane, uh, yeah, her name was something Piro, Paro, but essentially her name was Jay Paro, okay? And she was in contact with these these contactees, so okay. to speak. Aliens, people from a different world, people from a different dimension, right. whatever you want to call them, okay? And one of them was named Mr. Apple. But it's not spelled, it's spelled A-P-O-L. But it was pronounced Apple. Okay. Okay. This is one of the people that she was in contact with. Now, in these things, it's kind of like she would go into uh, like a trance type deal. So all the the communications were in handwriting, her handwriting, but, or handwriting from her hand, but not in her handwriting. Does that make sense? Sure. Okay. No. Kind of like an automatic writing, if okay. you know what that is. So anyways, she would go into contact with these contactees. And in one of the communications with one of this Mr. Apple, whoever the fuck this guy is, or thing this... Steve thing, Jobs, right. Right. He actually predicted the MLK assassination, if you can believe that. Okay. According to Kiel. He predicted that MLK would be assassinated on February 4th of 1968. He was actually assassinated on April 4th of 1968. Now, there are several other predictions that these entities went on to make. For the most part, these predictions all came true with deviations in maybe the dates or the exact details. But somehow, some way, these predictions came true. Huh. 
So, so much so that John Keel himself actually reached out to Martin Luther King's um, associates or, or inner circle or... Publicist or whatever. Well, well, his... his Handlers. Yeah. And tried to warn them right. of said assassination. They didn't, they blew him off, of course, like right. you do. Yeah, you're crazy. Well, my question would be, where was Martin Luther King on February 4th? Where was he at? What was he doing? And what went down that day? I would be real interested to know what happened that day. I wonder if it's Googleizable. Well, probably not, because we've never heard of it. MLK. If there, if there was an, an attempt. February 4th. 4th. 1968. 1968. All right, here we go, here we go. Uh, Nothing. Nothing. He was taking a big dump. He was taking a big stinky shit. The drum major incident. Or instinct, I should say. Drum major instinct. February 4th, 1968. On February 4th, 1968, Martin Luther King Jr. preached the drum, the drum major instinct from the pulpit of Ebenezer Baptist Church, ironically, two months before his assassination on April 4th. He told the congression or congregation that he would like, that I'm sorry, that what he would like said at his funeral. I'd like for somebody. Oh no, that too. No, <laughs> I'd like for somebody to say that day that Martin Luther King Jr. tried to love somebody. Mm. Excerpts from the <laughs> what? Mm. <laughs> Excerpts were played at King's nationally televised funeral service held at Ebenezer on April 9th of '68. King's sermon was an adaptation of the 1952 homily Drum Major Instincts by J. Wallace Hamilton, a well-known liberal white Methodist preacher. Both men tell the biblical story of James and John, who asked Jesus for the most prominent seats in heaven. At the core of their desire was a drum major instinct, a desire to be out in front, a, a desire to lead the parade. King warns his congregation that this desire for importance can lead to snobbish execu- exec- uh, exclusivism mm-hmm. All right, yep. and tragic race prejudice. Do you know that a lot of the race problem grows out of the drum major instinct? A need that some people have, blah, 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 blah. So anyway... It's interesting that at least on that date, something happened. So, could there be a possibility that he was giving a speech at the Ebenezer Church that something was supposed to happen then, and whatever happened that it didn't happen well, got and, pushed back a couple months? And here's here's what I posit. What it seems like uh, well, in these situations is it seems like you have situations that happen, but the dates are wrong. Right. Almost as if, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen, 
but I'm going to get the date wrong so you can't stop it. Right. Or you can't change it. I'm going to show you... I'm going to show you that I can tell you these things or to validate my existence. Right. But I'm not going to allow you to do anything about it. Right. And I know there was a couple of other situations. I believe there was a plane crash um, was one of them. And I believe that there was actually an assassination on the Pope by a knife of all things that they predicted that actually came true. You know, unfortunately, it was on a different date. So, um, again, completely offshoot. Is it crazy? Probably. Is it weird? Absolutely. Is it right 100%? Did I find it absolutely 100 fucking percent interesting? Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, nevertheless. That's what makes conspiracy theories fun. Well, I mean, not even a conspiracy theory. It's so far of an offshoot. You know, say what you want to about John Keel. Um it you know was most of his writings a a, 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 a a guy that was just trying to publish books or whatever probably you know what i'm saying but for whatever reason it seemed like he did have these weird instances or whatever that he wrote about in his book that actually came true so right. say what you want to about those um i found it interesting so nevertheless all right so does that conclude the that's it. James Earl Ray did it, and no, he uh, didn't. that's it. We're, we're out of here. Totally innocent. No, we're Let just starting, right? <laughs> I got to take my medicine. All right. I know. <laughs> we're out. All right, guys. Um, please, I'm sure if you're still listening. <laughs> Probably not. Share this with your friends. Yeah. Whatever podcast app you're listening to this on. And don't forget to check out our Ticker Talker so you can find out how to make that sweet-ass cranberry old-fashioned. God, so Amongst other drinks. So good. Make it for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Surprise your family with it. Yeah. So good. It's good. Check it out. If you want to know how to make it, look on the TikTok. It'll be up there today. As soon as I get done with this, I'll post that. And I'll give you a big fat sugar water. Other than that, guys, I will talk to you again on Friday. Black Friday. Black Friday. Mm. Mm. Really? Mm -hmm. I don't think... I, well, I do have stuff in store. It won't be about black stuff. It'll be about the Clintons. <laughs> black stuff. <laughs> dark stuff. <laughs> dark, dark stuff. <not. laughs> what? Did I say something? No? Not good? Yep. Okay. All right, guys. You have a great day. And, uh, yeah, join us here on Friday. You have a uh, spe- spectacular... Th- you're coming. Uh, you're going to be here some of uh, Spectacular uh, Thanksgiving. And uh, eat some turkey for me. Everybody have a happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Right. Detom boys. Yep. And we'll talk to you all later. Bye.